argued for two hours with officials at the unemployment office when I claimed that skinning was one of three jobs I held in the last 30 days. Blades got rupees. <gasps> Shiny. Wait, just have it smart for a minute. Is it a crit for you? Or is it just a chain lightning spell that does zero damage because of your emotional resist armor? Next fan wants you to swim with him in the underwater kingdom of the snorks. I think I like you in a, you know, kind of way. Hey, guildies, it's time for another companion cast. We're going to be covering episode number four. Wow, what an episode. Wasn't it incredible? I loved all the cameos. We had such a great time shooting that. It was so much fun. We introduced new characters who are so wonderful. We had a lot of extras, which was great. And this podcast is going to be chock full of interviews. I'm talking to some of the celebrities who made cameo appearances. I'm going to be talking to some of the extras. And of course, I'm going to be talking to the cast. Lots and lots of good stuff. So I hope you enjoy this episode and let's get started. Hey guys, I'm here with Sandeep and we are talking about episode number four. This is where Codex tells us... Zabu that she might like him actually like him yeah this is a fun scene um, it was one of the many monologues I was given this this season um, which uh, was different for Zabu he had a lot of like he had a lot of big speech moments um, and I don't think it was since like the uh, princess is, is my princess another castle speech that we've had like this kind of one-on-one moment with me and Felicia or Maybe we did. Which I have to say, that's but... still my favorite speech of Zabu. Oh, thank you. The princess of that you—that's just perfect. Well, hopefully some of these will be pretty good too. <laughs> uh, th- this was cool. I mean, it, w- it wasn't that speech. I guess it was broken up, but <clears throat> it was just a lot, of <clears throat> a lot of clumps of dialogue that are usually reserved for Vork lines. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it was, you know, we had to move very quickly, and this is one of those days that I actually prepared. Uh, which was nice, nice. Uh, and had knowing my lines ahead of time uh, made that made that seem a lot easy, a lot more easy. Uh, and um, we, it was good. It was like a good uh, emotional beat for for Zabu and and Codex. And I, th- I think you know just the way she handled the love, the like the love story this season was was smart. Okay, I'm here with Vince Casso, and we're going to be discussing. Episode four, when uh, you guys, uh, I guess Vork comes up with the idea and uh, decides to uh, make some money off of you. Yeah, yeah, we uh, set up the whole uh, cheesy pirate kid booth with the the hodgepodge of bags as the green backdrop. That was pretty funny. Again, it's just Dredoronowitz uh, crafting his crafty stuff. Yeah. But it's so Vork. I mean, you would expect yeah, to do that. Yeah, definitely Vork. Yeah. yeah, how'd that scene go? It's a lot of fun. I mean, hey guys, this is Kenny. I'm here with Anthony. We're on the set of season five. He is uh, one of the extras, but he's a fairly prominent extra. He is dressed as, uh, I assume, as David Tennant's Doctor Who, since you look like him. So that was a good uh, costume there. Thanks for joining me. All right. So how did you hear about the guild? Uh, this little extra thing. This little extra thing. I actually uh, following uh, one of my friends uh, back in Birmingham, which I, I just moved here from there about a month ago. Uh, she posted a, a link on on Facebook. Uh, I just picked it up Wednesday, nice. so and went online and filled out the application and went from there. 
Nice. Now, are you a cosplayer in general? I am. Uh, I, I just go to Dragon Con every year. It's a big con in the southeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I just moved here, so I'm looking forward to Comic Con if I can afford to go this year. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm a really big cosplayer. Now, are there other characters that you dress up as other than who? Uh, I've, I've got uh, the Joker as one of my prominent ones. I've got a original pirate costume. Um, there, are, there are a few others. Tony Stark got a speed racer. Nice. Uh, and then it, it depends so, on my mood. You do it a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah great. And um, how's this experience been? Because you're, today you're an extra for the big uh, autograph room with all the celebrities. Um, how's that experience been? Uh, it's been really fun. Uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of like, all right, hold on. All right, hold on. Yeah. All right, hold on. Oh, now go. Go quickly. Why aren't you going? <laughs> like it's kind of a, it's a new experience because it's the first time I've ever been on a set. And extra and everything so I've been out here but it's uh, it's been a lot of fun especially all like the faces I'm seeing when I first got here I was afraid I was going to geek yeah. uh, certain, especially like when I showed up and I thought it was going to like I had to like <sighs> keep it on the inside <laughs> yeah you get used to it because uh, I'm the same way I'm a super geek and it's hard to to not geek out on these people but yeah. you know you got to be professional and and do your thing, but um, so what scenes have you done so far? Uh, the one uh, being like the next person in line to go stand right. with blades, right. which was hectic with the like it, it's uh, Jeff trying to make me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's the hard part about being on set with Jeff is not laughing. <laughs> it was really like, and some of the things he said that I wasn't like quite ready for, and I was like, how do I react to that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jeff likes to ad-lib a lot. I'm sure you figured that out. Yeah, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Hey, guys, I'm here with Adam Levermore. Um, you may not know the name yet, but you definitely know his work, especially if you're part of the Whedon universe. Uh, he, he's very ingrained into the whole uh, Firefly world and now Guild and... Team Unicorn, he's doing, he's making his name amongst uh, all the, the cult genre stuff. Uh, welcome and thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here. And tell us what you're doing here today. Uh, well, this is uh, my first time in uh, the Guild Art Department. Uh, it's actually my first time on set with any uh, with any set, so I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, this is uh, sort of a dream come true for me. I, I'm... I'm uh, trying to to do this as a as a career and this is this is day one of that so i'm i'm super excited well it's a good way to start yeah and you actually drove down from northern california correct yeah i drove down at today is saturday i drove down last night got in at about 11 30 i'm working all day today i'll be working all day tomorrow and then i'm driving back uh to the bay area uh t- on t- tomorrow night and working 8 a.m t- uh, monday morning in the bay area so great so how did you get involved with being part of the art department well, I uh, I had lunch with uh, Brian Kamioka a few months ago, um, and I just wanted to pick his brain about uh, doing graphic design for web series mm-hmm. um, in general. I wasn't even looking to uh, necessarily get involved with the guild because I figured, oh, you know, it's an, it's an established uh, group that probably already have all of their folks uh, together. Um, but I just wanted to sort of get an idea of how the industry works, and uh, yeah. had a great lunch, and then. Uh, you know, 
couple of weeks ago, he uh, he got in touch with me and asked if I wanted to do some work on the show, and I said, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it worked out with my with my timing. I was going to be down in, in L.A. anyway, and uh, um, just made it work made it work out, and it's been great so far. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that was my next question was, how's the experience been so far? The experience has been fantastic. Um, uh, definitely a, a, a education in hurry up and wait, but uh, um, I have learned so much today. Uh, you know, I have a, I have a strong background in, in art and design, uh, but what I didn't know anything about was how the process works. You know, yeah. what, what, is, what does a day look like on set? Um, and so I'm learning a lot about, about how it moves and how it flows and, you know, where to stand and where not to stand and what to do when, when you know, director calls action yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just, it's been, it's been such a learning experience. It's been so, it's been so educational and I'm, I'm having a great time. Awesome. Now, uh, let's talk about today's episode that you're working on. You're working on episode four, which is the autograph room and uh, Vork and uh, Vince are doing their thing. Uh, what did you do today? Uh, to help set that up well um i helped uh the art department uh get the the signage up for for the con room uh making sure all the uh celebrities names were uh were on the, the backdrops um uh putting together uh, dvd cases for um uh some of the characters you know the the, the, the uh, fictitious shows that they that they came up with um so help put those together um yeah, helped uh, fix some some set dressing that uh, that came down in the middle of a shoot so you know some exciting stuff there um but you know lots of lots of little stuff that just uh, uh makes the set look like a good set yeah yeah uh, Awesome. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you stopping by and chatting with me. Hey, thanks. Uh, anytime. Okay, I'm here with, I almost said Vork. I'm here with Jeff Lewis. We're going to be discussing episode four. This is a, a, a cool moment with Vork coming up with this whole idea. Yes, it was. It was a, um, I'm, I uh, suddenly got on the idea of having a green screen of uh, blades and people paying money to do anything they want with them, anything at all, <laughs> for cash. For money, that's right. For money, yeah. And we, it was really funny. The production designer put together, strung together a bunch of green tote bags or those giant bags they use for Comic-Con or whatever. Which is such a work thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would, to to recycle find, anything, yeah. yeah. To yeah. salvage anything he'd find. He's not all no, he there. wouldn't recycle, but he would salvage. <laughs> yes. And so he puts these, they staples all these green screens, uh, all these, uh, to make a green screen with all these tote bags. Yeah. And um, there's a long line, and uh, it's pretty funny, yeah. Everybody gets to, uh, you know, and at the same time, Blades is uh, getting, is figuring out he's got uh, fans, he's got groupies. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I know there was one particular line about snorks. Yes. That you had a difficult I, time with. I did not, I'm sorry, I missed that particular time period. I was probably either too old or I was I'm sure I was too old I don't know snarks, um, I mean I remember the snarks and you and I are about the same age I think I was about 17 though I don't I think I didn't I wouldn't be watching oh, okay. that I think kind I was maybe shit. a little bit younger yeah 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 uh, well, <laughs> we'll figure out our age difference soon <laughs> yeah we won't say it on camera but I feel like it was like I added it up and it was like when I was 16 or 17 which is probably past my cartoon but anyway yeah. uh, it took me a little while I kept on seeing the underworld yeah. Sea or underwater sea or... Yeah. yeah. It was underwater, but you kept saying underworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, I had it on the it. brain. Yeah. The Eventually, I did. Yeah. 
As well, I watch them not use it. They'll probably use the dark, the Death Star. I know the, the, parts uh, the Death private Star. parts, shaving the private parts on the Death Star. Yeah. Now, did you come up with that? Or was that in the script? Um, I think I don't remember who did it, but Felicia and I were just talking, and I, probably me. Private parts yeah. sounds like that Jeff sounds Lewis. Like, yeah. <laughs> but we sat around, and I just said, "Let's think of some." You know, she or I. I said, "Can we try some alts for this?" I think yeah. she wasn't happy with it either. I can't remember what the original one was, but um, yeah, it was, yeah, whatever. Yeah, cool. So, I'm here with Grant Imahara, and he is one of the featured autograph signers, I guess. <laughs> uh, how's it going? It's going fantastic. It's been really fun today. Now, how did you get involved with the guild? I uh, got a call from Kim Evie, uh, who said, hey, we're doing this really fun thing. Would you like to be a part of it? And I said, sure. You know, it's, I really, I, I'm a true fan of the Guild. I love the series. And I said, you know what? Any way I can help, I'm there. Cool. So you are a fan. So you did watch it beforehand and oh, yeah. knew what it was. And how did you know Kim? Uh, we met at Comic-Con. I had actually met Felicia before that, uh, but I hadn't actually watched the guild so um i went to stop by uh felicia's booth with the guild and met kim Mm -hmm. and she gave me uh the first three seasons on dvd and so i went home i watched it loved it watched season four online so it it was really it's it's a great series awesome and how's the experience been so far oh it's fantastic um you know it's really fun because this is a, a fairly small crew and everybody here is has worked on multiple things together. So you get a real family feel to it, which is really neat. And everyone's been fantastic. All right, thanks for talking to me. Thanks a lot. Hey, guys, I'm here with Greg Aronowitz, and we are discussing episode four of season five. A New Hope. A New Hope, yes. Uh, this one had some really, really cool art prop stuff in it. Actually, probably has one of the coolest sets of anything I've ever seen. Never seen at a convention before. Uh, let's go ahead and start with talking about the steampunk. Okay. Because okay. it's an incredible booth. I mean, if anything, I mean, the characters alone are great, but the booth itself is, it's, yeah. I mean, where did it all start with? Oh, um, let's see, where did it all start with? Well... I mean, were you panicking when you saw that you were... I mean, because you knew that you had to do all these things. No, that was the... That was one of the first things I knew was coming. Like, um, after season four, um, I started developing a, a my own web series and talking to Felicia about it. And um, we would meet for notes and stuff, and she... She was talking about like trying to get into re- writing season five, and I just remember early, early on she was like, "I have no idea where the season is going. The only the only things I know I want to do is that it's a road trip to the convention, and because Claire is pregnant, she um, can't drink, so her addictive personality gets her into. She discovers steampunk." And just goes crazy for this steampunk. Early on in the process, this, this is early, like this is the, all that she had. Yeah, she didn't know anything about. The, she was basically like two things I know for sure. Yeah, you know, Chewbacca's real. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Two, two things I know for sure. Uh, they go on a road trip, and Clara discovers steampunk. Nice. And you know, 
I was just like, yeah, that's really cool. I wonder. <laughs> now, did you know anything I mean, about Steampunk? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've I mean, seen it, but I don't really know a lot of details about mm-hmm. it. You know, I know why it's why it exists and, you know, the concept of it, but I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I love, you know, just Steampunk. I, I love, you know, the whole, you know, Jules Verne thing, yeah. which is different and when it boils down to like exact classifications but you know aesthetically like from a production design point of view there's you know there's like the futuristic kind of Blade Runner mm-hmm. Sid Mead kind of stuff and then and there's like you know medieval and then yeah. there's the whole steampunk Jules Verne kind of yeah. thing and, and uh, it, you know I tend to use it a lot to just like add character and flavor to design so um you know again like being i mean i used to work with image comics and like right at the height like in the you know early 90s um when image first kind of took over and Mm -hmm. broke up the monopoly and people were going crazy and there were conventions like substantial size conventions in every city across the country and then, you know, in places around the world. And I would be sent to all of them, you know? So I've seen like every kind of convention you can imagine from like the three table, you know, thing (laughs) in in the, the basement of a church to the, you know, multiple stories of a building in Manhattan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I ran across a lot of steampunk. Like I knew steampunk as an aesthetic design wise, but then on the convention circuit, I just ran into all of these, you know, steampunk as a lifestyle, you know? And, you know, one of the things that steampunk people do, I mean, they're very much like the kind of people that are, you know, fully committed. You you don't do like steampunk light. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like you're, you're either, either in or you're, in you're, either, you're yeah. yeah. You're not like a, a a trekkie that's like, well, I'll put on a unitard. And, yeah. You know, it's like you're hardcore, like the Klingons. Yeah. Or you know, like the five hundred first. You know, yeah. that's that's steampunk. Is like they go all out. And so what I really want to do with the booth is like just capture that whole thing. And what I love about what out Chris and and Sean shot it is. Uh, a lot of times in those scenes, we're like in the booth. Like you can almost forget mm-hmm. that you're in the convention. Yeah. You know, it's they have their own little world. You know, and I yeah. just love all the things that developed even beyond the script. Like the fact that you know they have their own little stage, and mm-hmm. you know they have their velvet rope that just <laughs> isolates them. When it's tea time, yep. they can't be bothered. Yep. You know, I they're, mean, it's yeah. it's you're uh, right. They're in their own little world. They just block out everyone. They else. just block everybody out. A hundred people walking by them, they're still sipping. Yeah, tea they're not interested in selling there. their wares <laughs> when it's when it's you know their personal time. Yeah, and yeah, the dynamic of the characters just added so much flavor. But I really wanted to give them a backdrop, and you know, and it's always this way. Uh, um, I'll say every production, but specifically like the low budget productions where people just start trying to strip away what, you know, what they feel like is impossible, you know? Mm -hmm. So the initial meetings were just like, well, if we could just have, you know, if we reach out to the fans and get some 
steampunk stuff and you know goggles i guess are synonymous with yeah. steampunk so that's felicia kept saying if if we just have a bunch of goggles you know we'll just have a bunch of goggles in there and everyone knows steampunk and i'm like what like I don't know, you know like we'll just have shelves with goggles on it and yeah. in my mind i'm like this just needs to go as far into you know be as immersive in this world as possible so you know we were lucky enough to um be able to work with sean strider who is you know big in the the steampunk scene and he kind of helms the uh the labyrinth of jareth mm-hmm. how is that jareth Jer- yeah jareth yeah <laughs> he wanted to say jared it's not jared it's jareth jareth um which is like a huge costume ball yep and um you know i knew that they had just a lot of stuff you know wayne's coding and mm-hmm. and uh you know knickknacks and they had that really cool um just steampunk like laser that's awesome. cannon yeah. you know yeah because i know a lot of that you built yeah it was a scratch. it was a mix but it then was... a lot of the bigger prop by them yeah like the like the, like the wings like the hang glider that yeah, was, like the Da Vinci wings. Yeah, that was yeah. purchased. That's not purchased. It was borrowed. It was borrowed. Sorry, pre-made. Yeah. Someone made that themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was stuff that they had for um, their steampunk shows and for uh, the LOJ. And um, it was – and that, that laser cannon thing, that ray gun, is actually like huge. It's – you know the the in its real form, it's like twenty foot tall or something. Oh, really? and they actually took it apart for me and figured out how to like condense it so that it still took up a majority of the booth. But you know the whole convention was the fine line between trying to have enough space that you can shoot and move around, but try not to have dead space yeah. to where for the viewer it just looked fascinating yeah. and yeah. you know. So I really packed that steam punk booth and then another friend uh loaned me the man mover which was uh like a french um world war ii uh vet like like automated wheelchair mm-hmm. like you pump the handle and yeah. it moves oh is that how it moves yeah oh, yeah cool. you like pull the handle it's one of those funky like 19 yeah. you know 40s things yeah, it was all steampunked out <laughs> yeah and then he had made it all more steampunk but it was an actual existing thing that mm-hmm. he just like went crazy yeah. on and then there's all the um the hand prop stuff which i made from scratch that um is what you know they interact with and and there's also more set dressing that came from clockwork couture and donna who's yeah, super they did. helpful yeah, they did all the outfits <laughs> yeah for them which were amazing yep. you know and i know she wanted to raid your yeah (laughs) she wanted it all she loved every bit of it yeah which is good because you know she is like a you know she's our expert yeah she's the expert she's like a leading force in the the steampunk culture so to get like her you know yeah uh, approval and that's one of the things i kept saying is like steampunk is one of those things that it can be broken into like you know levels or or degrees and there is a steam like a day-to-day steampunk um lifestyle that is i wouldn't say they would blend in to what's considered normal society because they're definitely wearing like petticoats and but it's not 
um, the super fantastic. They're not wearing like wings that expand yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and have. Um, no, they're just more Victorian. Yeah, it's just more of a Victorian style yeah, proper, with little yeah. bits of, you know, metallic and metal, uh, metal and, and, yeah. and some mechanics. Yeah. And, but I really wanted to go for the the biggest, grandest kind of idealized, you know, fully functional mechanical steampunk. Yeah, you know. And, well, it's great is that you actually have cogs on in the booth that work. Yeah. I mean, I know you can only turn them on at certain times and make noise. <laughs> yeah, they made a lot of noise. But I didn't They're... realize that until I saw them moving. Yeah, like, oh well, in God. the cut, you know, you'll see in the wide shots, you'll see them moving, and then yeah. they weren't there when, yeah. you know, but we just tried to add that flavor. I mean, you went above and beyond. <coughs> I mean, but, the, but what makes sense is, though, is that steampunkers would do this. Mm-hmm. You know, they would go above and beyond. Yeah, I feel like... They would take it to a level and then go way past that level just because... Well, I try to do that with all the booths. I mean, I feel like, you know, the smaller cons get bad reps because they're just like, you know, bags and boards and... and, and, and but But it's not because people don't want to or, you know, it's it's just what people have the means to do. If everyone had the resources and the budgets of... The Marvels and the DCs and the you know I mean, sci-fi channels, they would have a huge booth. But you and, didn't have a big budget. Well, we didn't have budget, but we, we have a lot of resources. We but, have... But anyone can have resources. Really. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, not everyone has you, but I mean, you know, if you're a steampunker, you could... Well, but this, that's what I'm saying is the steampunk people always stand out because they do always have the better booths. The hardcore fans always do it's like you know it's usually like the retailers and stuff that kind of yeah you know yeah i, I don't want to i don't want to get hate mail or anything <laughs> it's not and again i'm not saying it's because they don't care it's just because it's hard it's hard to show it's up at 5 a.m yes. and, and you know that. in your car pull everything out set it up so you know especially for the one day shows and yeah. the, you know it's like you know and then have to tear everything down like you don't want a lot of extraneous yeah stuff That's but true. but the you know the fans the people that have you know the brown coats like they like they always have the cooler yeah. stuff and the you know you're right and it's i was just trying to capture that feel but i was trying to make out of all the booths we had i wanted the steampunk booth to be the most fascinating because that is their world yeah but it's different though the steampunk you walk through that your little hallway of booths and they're all great but the steampunk definitely Stands out, yeah, as the booth. That and the game, which I love because they're on opposite sides yeah, of each other. Yeah, yeah, and they're different. The the game is very corporate. Yes, you know, and you can tell. But steampunk, like you just want to curl up in there, yep. like like Clara does, you know, <laughs> um, you know. And then the characters were just yeah, perfect. They really fused the piece. You know, it's funny. I have pictures of the booth with no actors in it, and I'm like, yeah, it's cool, but it's like. It was only really great when, you know, when, yeah, when, when you they were in people. there, you know I mean? Um, cool. So let's go ahead and talk about, let's talk about, let's talk about the dining area. The, I guess it was a cafeteria type place. Right? Yeah. Well, actually that's it, in the script. It's, it's listed as cafeteria. We, um, we ultimately just shot it in a hallway. Really? Yeah. Oh, we wow. shot it in I a thought, hallway. I thought it, you guys used the place at the Valencia Hotel. The, the we like did, but but not that was for the later scenes. This particular oh, okay. scene we did um, 
in a hallway and it's just Zabu and um, uh, Codex just sitting down. You know, he brings her some cookies that he made. Yeah. You know, it's Adama's secret recipe <laughs> or something. Which, And that's one of the things, too, that slipped through the cracks and it kind of bothers me. I, I got to try not to think about this because I'll start getting angry. But um, <clears throat> I should have made some crazy cookies. I should have made some weird... I don't know. But oh, so they're just regular cookies? They're just regular cookies. Uh, and you barely see it, but it's like, you know, it was one of the things I knew what it was and there was a hundred million things happening and it didn't seem like a big – and like halfway through the scene as they're filming it, I was like, damn it, you know what I should have done? And I was like, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's only what do you do? do? You got to let yeah. some things go, you know, yeah. but, but uh, yeah, so the most interesting thing about this scene though is – that this is at this point like our third hotel. <laughs> yeah. So this is in Valencia. Yep. And we ended up having a little bit of trouble. You know, I won't go into politics. Or, but yes. uh, we definitely kind of got, you know, bumped around and all the things, all the places we were supposed to be able to shoot, we couldn't shoot in. And so um, this was supposed to take place like at, in a uh, food court. Yeah. And. Sean kind of looked at it. And he's like, you know what? I don't really need background. I don't like. I could just bring. It's a moment between well, those intimate. them. Yeah, the two of them, and uh, you know, we shot and we found a hallway that um, all the chairs and stuff that they're sitting in were actually against the wall on the opposite side. But it was super boring. And I said to Chris, um, "Can we please just shoot out the window? Like, I don't know <laughs> if the light's gonna hold." He's like, "No, no, no, totally. That's what I was planning on doing when I scouted it. I was like, let's just flip those chairs around." And, oh, nice. So it gave it some depth, yeah. And we put some people outside, and you know, it also to me kind of captured a little bit of like brought us back to the road trip. Like they were on vacation, and you know, you were constantly in the hotel or or in the convention, and yeah. I wanted to see like outside and the pool and some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so we got a little bit of that, and then and then there's the damn uh, furry. <laughs> You know, that creature keeps showing up. And, and uh, I think in the script, I forgot what was in the script, but the furry was eating something or drinking something. And and uh, when we were in Koreatown, the crew became addicted to uh, boba. Everyone was going boba crazy. I don't remember so, any boba. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, our hotel was right across the street from like the Korean Cultural Center Mall. I've seen video Felicia posted of them eating yeah the yeah so we were eating all kinds of crazy stuff and we were uh constantly getting bobas and, uh, but... so also at that hotel uh was the bar scene at the end of this episode but actually it wasn't the bar you guys had to i mean it was a starbucks right yeah it was um originally we were supposed to go up there and shoot the bar shoot the lobby um and some things turned around with actor schedules and um, we had to push the bar scene from first thing in the morning till after lunch. And I guess the hotel changed their mind and said we couldn't shoot in their actual bar because it would be open yeah. by that point, which meant that they expected a 
ton of people to come in drinking at one o'clock or <laughs> in the afternoon. So I don't know. Um, there were people there though. I was surprised. There was one person. Really? And while we were shooting, there was one guy in that bar. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It got busier as the day went. Well, I'm sure as as yeah. the day. Yeah, I but gotcha. but while we were shooting, so it ended up that we could use the. There was a like a coffee thing, and it was actually officially a Starbucks, but it was an an open kind of you know it little like a bar. yeah it was like a little thing in around in the end it probably worked out better because the shape of it was cooler it was just more yeah. interesting but you know it meant on the day when we found this out that we went from having a dressed hotel bar to a you know coffee nook that I had to turn into a bar yeah um which meant that red had to drive down to you know the local you know liquor store liquor yeah. store and, and spent a bunch of my money on alcohol that uh i will never drink because i don't drink so um and we needed a bunch of it we spent you know hundreds of dollars to uh just kind of have a bunch oh. of and then we had to go in and greek all the labels and everything and stick it in, yeah. in there and um yeah it, it was interesting it was a challenge and you know of course that's the same thing as the uh the food and stuff with the crew, everybody's just like, What are you doing with all these bottles? I was just like, No. <laughs> nope. Yeah. They're actually all in my bathtub right now. Oh really? Yeah. So you still have everything. Yeah. Because I have a second bathroom that and I never use the tub, so mm-hmm. everything's just like we put it all back in its boxes and cases and it's just all in there. So I guess I'll have a party. Oh, yeah, one of these days. I'm sure it'll be some use. Yeah, it'll definitely it won't go to waste. It's just it's not like it's actively being consumed in this house, you know, but you know. Um So I mean how do you take things like that when things are just thrown at you? Because this was last minute. You didn't have any intention. Yeah, did yeah. You no, any I any warning? I, I mean did Well no and I mean it wasn't a production thing. It was a it, it was a Well no, it's just a situation though. It was just a situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean um I mean you deal with it. If it was any other show it would just be kinda like going to the producers and, and saying you need to send someone out and buy all this stuff because this is not in our plan but it's the guild you know we're all friends it's my goal is to make the show as good as it can be so yeah. I just kind of but did they consider just, deal- just changing it to a Starbucks or to a coffee um, house? they did for a little bit but you know I mean if you watch the scene carefully it's like it's there's a lot of subtleties because and that was you know Becker and I had, had talked about it and it was like well we could well number one we didn't have Starbucks as a sponsor yes so I would have had to have it be a non Starbucks yeah, coffee, so shop. coffee shop so it still would have been a bunch of greeking out and everything but um you know the whole thing with uh the lawyer is that he's kind of like sleazy like he's mm-hmm. definitely not like a hip you know, coffee shop kind of guy. He's yeah. like, meet me at the bar, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the whole thing with Floyd was, you know, he's kind of like a wormy, geeky dude and then he like does the shot, the shot. and he's like, yeah, like, yeah. you know, and and it just wasn't, it's it not as work. funny with yeah. like espresso or, you know, it's like, <laughs> it, it's, um, you know, so it was kind of like, either way, it would have taken work and it was just stronger I felt story wise that it was a bar okay. and that you know they're doing shots in the middle of the day and yeah. you know and because there's the whole thing like he buys him the alcohol like he's totally 
trying to. Well, he's, know, he's liquoring him up. Yeah, so. he's trying to like seduce yeah. him into signing over this yeah. thing, and yeah. and it just played well. So, okay. and then oh, and we we're talking about the boba thing because that that was yes. the one in that's in that scene. Um, Sean wanted the furry to have a boba, and then so we're in Valencia for that, which is not as you know culturally and enriched as you know other other parts of LA <laughs> so you know we were just like do you have a boba <laughs> boba you know um so I ended up making a boba and and again this is a detail like the furry's paws were so big like I don't know if you'll ever even see it but um Red ran out to like Seven Eleven or something and got me uh some blueberries, some milk, and some food coloring. And I put them in one of our clear plastic party cups uh-huh. and, uh, you know, put the blueberries in there, put the milk in with a little drop of, you know, food dye, and then hot glued tinfoil onto the rim to make it like one of those vacuum sealed, yeah, so you, you know, pull it things. And, and punched the, the straw through and like sealed it all up. And, uh, yeah, it, like, everyone thought it. We were like, wow. "Where'd you get a boba?" Everyone <laughs> thought it was real, but it was. I mean, I guess it was still totally. You could totally drink it, but it was not actually. Well, yeah, it's boba. milk but and it, blueberries. It totally played on camera. So nice. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Very cool. Um, I saw another really big set that you had to build from scratch, and this was actually done at a different hotel. This was at the Westin in Pasadena. Was the autograph area? Mm-hmm. And so we're inside, like, what was it, like a ballroom? Yeah, it was like a ballroom. It was, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what they called them. Like, ballroom sounds really big. This is like a conference room, okay. you know? And this was kind of... This is what, yeah, you mentioned this earlier in your previous episode. Yeah, this is what we thought the whole convention would yeah. be. Just yeah. like in this little, you know, yeah. banquet hall, yeah. you know? Um, you know, this is where, like, small corporations have... You know, yeah. dinner meetings, and you know, yeah. it's it's uh, it's not really big, but but it is even for the the big shows, even like a San Diego, where they have the autograph room because you can have a couple dozen tables, yeah, and then all, you know all the celebrities go in there and people can line up. So it ended up working out perfectly. Of course, the um, and this is a, a different hotel again. Yes, so. <laughs> Um, the room that we ideally wanted was just like clean square footage and we um, and we knew going into it, it wasn't like this happened on the day or anything but we ended up in, in a different room because the other one wasn't available and it had like columns. They weren't in the middle but um, – so at first, you know, your first instinct is always like, oh, that's – you know, I got to work around these things but again, I feel like – it worked to our advantage because it just created a layer of depth. I yeah. was able to put um, curtains sticking out from either end of behind the comm so it looked like there was another row and possibly yeah. even more to more the room. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, there wasn't. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and this we had to – when we did the Long Beach Convention Center, the pipe and drape – was part of the Long Beach Convention. Yes. So we were able to just rent from the same place. Okay. That, yeah, they gave us, like, they did the whole room and we just kind of 
commandeered a bunch for us, oh, gotcha. you know. Yeah. And it was set up early, and then it went away. We when we did this, we had to get pipe and drape from a different place. And if you'll notice, the it's like a different color. Oh, I don't think I noticed you know? that. Yeah, it's. I think. Um, but it is the autograph room, so you. It is. Yeah, it, it is. It is the autograph room. Identical. We, we had. I mean, it's the same color, but what it was. Is they sent us blue and green and white, and we had um, we had blue and white in Long Beach, and then I think I figured out how to make it work with just the blue and the white again. But it was like two whites and a blue instead of two blues and a white. Okay, you know. So the pattern was different. Yeah, or maybe it was green. I can't remember what the hell. <laughs> I thought they were green. Okay, was it green? Okay, yeah. so yeah, so it was it was green and oh that they, well either way they. And they sent us green and blue, and um, but in Long Beach we only had the one. And yeah, it was probably green. Most cons are blue, <clears throat> or at least San Diego. Yeah. So I have blue stuck in my mind. Plus, you're wearing a Smurf shirt, <clears throat> so I'm thinking blue. I'm thinking Smurfy. But we had to make that work. Um, and then you know more banners, trying to make banners for everybody. Yeah. And now again, now did Mike Z make the banners? Yeah, he made so a he bunch made all of the banners. the banners too. Yeah. I know some of them because we had some actors who were switching out, and you just had names. Yeah. Well, what we would do is we had we did this for a, a bunch of things like um, uh, the registration. I turned into a snack bar by you know taking the registration banner and then just printing out. The word snack on black, you know, like mm-hmm. so, we were able to limit some of the things, and it was the same thing for the celebrities. We had these basic um, con banners yeah. that with their names on it, and if someone else showed up, we just printed out their name and stuck it on. Exactly. And yeah. and I guess this isn't really art department, but this is just like guild guilty goodness. Is that uh, like this was a crazy day? This whole season is just. Peppered Lots of with crazy days. Yeah, they're, they're well, but I mean, like crazy, like fan wise, like all these celebrities and stuff, and that you know, it's just in in the flavor we were talking about of having like real products and real. Felicia wanted the convention to be like a real convention, yeah. like we like we were almost shooting at a location. So you know, she called all her friends, and Sean called all his friends, and Kim called Kim all called her, her friends, yeah. and uh, there was still actually a couple spaces left at the end. And um, so I was like, well, let me call in, you know, some of my friends. Yeah. Like that's how, you know, Bria Grant ended up being there. I was just like, oh my God, I can totally put you in the middle of the scene. And and she's super cool. Well, it's great that she was willing to stay all day because I know some of the celebrities obviously can't give up their time. But she loves the guild and she's been part of it previously in the Christmas. Yeah, in the Christmas. And she knows you and, you know. And so her, she came and decided that she would stay with us. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, that that was day. part of the thing. It was a, like awesome to have everybody, but everyone had all these, you know, prior, prior commitments. commitments. So we like yeah. had this person from you know ten yep. a.m. to eleven twenty-two, <laughs> and then this person from eleven fifteen to yep. you know one o'clock. It makes and, it hard to shoot that way. <laughs> yeah, so it's very, you know, but it was just amazing to like just see all these people there yeah. you know all, it was yeah. fun i i enjoyed seeing brent because obviously i'm a big star trek fan so seeing brent and grant was from mythbusters he was awesome and bria because I, I just know her from heroes and since i've worked with her previously in this special um 
And Jason, and Jason Miller was there. Who you know? did uh, all the Bollywood uh, music videos. Yeah. And he's, so, I mean, yeah, it's just fun to see these people. And there's more people which we can't talk about because they're not <laughs> they're, in this episode. Coming. They, they, they will be coming. They're there. This whole season, you'll be seeing uh, more and more <laughs> celebrities. But yeah, it was awesome to see uh, Brent. He, um, well, you know, because you own it, the bust, yeah, you yeah. know. But I had uh, worked with him previously for um, my company, Legend Three Dimensions, doing the. Uh, the porcelain, cold cast porcelain busts. I had done a bust of him and got to um, interact directly with him to approve it. And he actually, um, when I was finished with my piece, he told Paramount that it needed to be the style guide. Like I, that I was the one who truly captured the likeness and that if they were ever going to do a figure or any, like any other company should get one of my pieces. Yeah. To actually use as as the guide, so that was cool. So, but I hadn't seen him since then, and uh, so it's been that many years. It's been a bunch him. of years, yeah. Wow. And um, but he remembered me, and he remembered the piece, He's and so I he yelled it out to the yeah. It was pretty cool. It. That was one of those moments <laughs> where I was just like, I wish there was a behind the scenes camera here right now because he basically announced the whole cast and crew and all the extras, and, the yeah. extras we had. He was just like, look at this amazing piece yep. that Greg did, and yep. half the people didn't know. That you made it. Yeah, they didn't know who he was talking about. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they didn't, like, a lot of people didn't put it together that it was the same. That's um, funny. And then he actually signed that piece for me, which Yes, I'm which so is jealous. Cool. <laughs> well, I have you signing mine, which is great, but. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's just one of those weird things where um, I had never done that before. Like, I have all these pieces that I had done of all these famous people, and. And people always bring them to me to sign because yeah. I made them. Yeah. And I'm sure people have brought them to, to the, the actors. actors. But I've never had the actors sign my sculpture because it was like that weird separation where in my mind it's more like my sculpture than it is like them. them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now I'm like, oh my god, I got to go and get everybody <laughs> – to sign one of these, I got to call up Jillian and I got to get, you know, I'd be like, sign my Scully, you know, because it was super cool. He signed it and he wrote, uh, totally doesn't look like me. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, is that offensive? I'm like, no, that's awesome. That's funny. You know, and then Grant is totally cool. And actually, I just found off. out. He was impressed with your dinosaur heads. Yeah, that yeah. sitting on some his my... desk. He had the coolest time so they're looking at those. <laughs> Because, I mean, he knows how all that works. So that's what was so cool to watch. Yeah, no, he's a master. Of that. Well, and that, and that was like kind of thing. Like, he wasn't last minute. But at first, it was supposed to be an autograph thing. And it was just going to be like their name cards. And then they were going to bring headshots. And then like two days before, Sean was just like, I really kind of want to busy this place up. Like if everyone um, – well, there was actually a reason that inspired it that I can't talk about yet but I had made a prop for one of the other characters to put on the table and he's like everybody should have props and I was like oh (laughs) Um, and you know for some it was easy you know like I just took the data bust for you know for Brandon Um, and for Grant I was like well what you know I guess it it should be like robots or something so I have a bunch of just animatronic like unskinned animatronic creature heads I was like well I'll just throw those on the table and then the morning of, I'm like, oh my god, what if he thinks this stuff is nonsense? You know, like, what if he's like, why is this representing me? You know, yeah, yeah. you know. But um, he, uh, 
No, he totally dug it. We ended up talking yeah, a bunch he was of very impressive. Thing. And he actually said that um, one of these times when he was in town that he'd get together with me and do a video blog for my blog nice. on making something. But nice. and I just found out the other day. I think ILM tweeted a photo of him working on one of the miniatures from AI, and that is based on one of the design, like the concept models that I built oh, for funny. AI. So, so he worked for. He worked for ILM. Oh, yeah, cool. he was a, a model maker, and I didn't realize that we actually worked on the same movies. The same but person. I also didn't realize that he worked on the larger scale. Because what I would do is, you know, Spielberg would explain to me what he wanted things to look like, and then I would do these, you know, different miniatures. Um, some of them ended up in the final movie, but a lot of times they were purely just to get the idea. idea, you know. And those would get created up and shipped to ILM, and ILM would decide if they were going to do it in CG or if yeah. they were going to do it practically, or you know. And uh, but it turns out that I guess Grant was one of the That's people funny. that would take my miniature, Did my design. No, I haven't talked to him since. I got That's an email awesome. him and tell him. Yeah. I, it was just a few days ago, and I was like. I looked at the picture. I'm like, that's my model. And I'm like, oh, wait, wait. That's the, that's the bigger version of my model. Yeah. Like, that's just so weird. Yeah, that's but it's a small world. It is a small world. Very cool. Um, let's talk about, uh, obviously, the main reason, the whole reason for having this scene was for uh, Vork and Blades. Mm-hmm. And their... Uh, their money-making scheme. Their pirate kid. Their booth. meme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know... Uh, Vork figures out how to use Blade's internet fame to actually, you know, make money. Like they basically monetize, um, instead of just doing autographs and stuff, which you know we've seen that no one wanted. Yeah. Uh, Blade's headshot. Um, you can have yourself filmed against a green screen, green screen. and put into any backdrop you want. So. Um, we had made like swag bags because every big convention you go to, you get like a sponsored bag to put all yeah. your comics Nobody and stuff in. But company though, well, I guess they do. Comic Con does do. They're just crappy plastic bags. Uh, like the, the well, no. themselves, like Warner Brothers, would do gorgeous. Bags. No, but Warner Brothers is the, is what you get at the con. Yeah, but this one, these ones were like the Mega Game of Rama. Right. Well, because so I'm just saying it was we, we were bag. We, we were trying to the the Warner Brothers bags are the San Diego convention bags, though. That's where the that storyline came from. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that Warner Brothers pays their their like ads gotcha. on the bag, yeah, but yeah. that is like if you go to. Um, you know, if you go to uh, Wizard World in Chicago, it's a different bag yeah. with a different company, yeah. you know. Um, but we wanted – and we talked about the possibility of having like some kind of sponsorship on the bag. But it ultimately ended up that it was cleaner to just have our con. Yeah. But we went with the green color. I was going to say, was that purpose? That was on purpose, yeah. Cause it for was, this whole reason? Yeah, for that reason. Wow, okay. And so they that. ultimately decide to cut them up and sew them together and like, make this half-assed you. Yep. You know, green screen. I love it, yeah. Hey guys, this is Kenny, and I have an extremely, a really special, special guest with me. She actually is in the episode of The Guild, and she is the slave Leia, the gorgeous slave Leia. I have Raelia with me. Hi, guys. Uh, you may not know this, but she is also part of Team Unicorn. I am. 
She is uh, also fashioned after, or Riley is actually fashioned after her. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we start at the very beginning? Uh huh. So how did you meet Felicia? Um, I actually met Felicia uh, while shooting um, Doctor Horrible. Okay. Um, I'm a really good friend of Nathan Fillion's, and he knew what a Joss Whedon fan I was. Mm-hmm. He was like, you should come to set and see what I'm doing because it's amazing and incredible. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. What? Sure. Yeah. Come to set. Um, and then that's that's how I met Felicia. And um, we, uh, we immediately bonded because we are both super huge nerds and both really, really love the game. And yeah. she's like... I play World of Warcraft and all these RPGs. What do you play? And I'm like Halo, and she's just kind of <laughs> giving me this funny look, like, "Oh, I don't, I don't think I've met many girls who play FPS games." It's usually a guy thing. I was like, "No, I, I play with Nathan. We play with all these guys." Yeah. Um, so it was really funny it's- because even then she was like, "That's really interesting. I need to use that for yeah. the guild." <laughs> And lo and behold, next season, there's a character named Riley who plays FPS uh, shooter games yep. and uh, kicks the shit out of boys in the game. So that kind of, that was really, that was kind of... Uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, that, that's so neat. Yeah. It's so cool to become a character yeah. In, you yeah. Know, in one of the most popular web series. Yeah. A favorite character. I mean, Riley became... People love her. Really, yeah. I mean, love yeah. to or well, love to hate her. Either, either or. Yeah. I think towards season two, three, or four. No, three. Yeah. She became more. Yeah. She started hurting Zabu. You know, because everyone loves Zabu. <laughs> They're like that so. stupid. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> what? Yeah. That can't happen. Yeah. He can't be tied up in the closet. What's great though is that the interaction that you just talked about when you first met Felicia. It, it almost feels like the first time that Riley meets Codex. Where they yes. do that whole F, you know, FPS, yeah. and they have that little conversation. You know what? Yeah, actually, like a snobbery towards each other. It was, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, ours wasn't really snobbery, no, but, but it was more of a foreign yeah. thing. Like I was like RPGs. What are those? And yeah. she's like FPS games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those kind of make me sick. <laughs> so it was like two different worlds like coming together That's to so form funny. one. So, but great. it was it was really it was really cool meeting her, and uh, it was at the time actually. Um, she, I think she had just, when she was working on Dr. Horrible, she had either just finished season one or mm-hmm. was about to finish season one, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I was actually working on my own um, online project. Uh, it's this little parody called Saber. Saber, yes. I know I've seen Saber. Can you talk about that a little bit, how that all came about? Um, well, Claire Grant, who is one of the members of Team Unicorn with me, um, I met her a long time ago. We used to work at the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Sunset Boulevard. Um, as waitresses, and uh, it was pretty much an all-girl crew there, Um, but something happened, and we just both realized, like, oh my god, you like Star Wars? I like, wait, are you a nerd? Do you, and it just turned into this whole love fest between the two of us, Um, and, you know, obviously just talking amongst ourselves, we realized that we would do anything to be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Even more so, we would do anything to have a lightsaber battle. Yeah. And then we realized we would do anything to do it on film. And we're like, why don't we do that? Yeah. Let's figure that out. <laughs> so I enlisted the help of my husband, who is a filmmaker, um, Adam Green. Uh, and I went up to him and was like, hey, honey, will you shoot something for me? And he's like, 
He's like, yeah, I'll shoot something for you. I was like, okay, how about a lightsaber battle? And he just went like, oh my god. <laughs> Literally like face palmed. Yeah. Um, just like, really, this is this is what you pick? This is like, <laughs> this is so difficult and so hard. And I was like, I don't know. I just, just really want a lightsaber battle on film. Um, so we, um, he helped us write it. Uh -huh. So he wrote it. Um, we only had like a week, maybe a week and a half to learn the choreography. Um, and then we got the location and we were shooting and it was the greatest thing ever. The following year, uh, we, uh, we entered it in the Star Wars Fan Film uh, Challenge. Mm -hmm. for, you, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's, um, it's on Adam.com. Adam.com and Star Wars puts it together every year and they look for all the different fan films um, from, from Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I, I thought. We I know. I thought New Deal meant moving on. I don't think we're moving yet. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's <laughs> awesome. great. That's, that's, that's great. Very cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so we entered in the cost, uh, the the contest, and we actually ended up winning yep. Best Action and Audience Choice Award. Yep. Which was so cool. Not only to get those awards, but to know like George Lucas yeah. watched your fan film and was like, "That's a really, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. really good one." So that was that's really one of the highlights that's I think ever. Of, yeah. Yeah. of my life was being at Comic-Con and accepting those awards for something that I helped create, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Claire and I came up with it. My husband helped with it. Everyone just did such an amazing job helping with it. And so that was, that was the first thing, um, that I did. And that was right. That was right when I met Felicia, we were mm -hmm. about to film it. Um, so we kind of bonded on that level as well, you know, knowing that she was a woman trying to, you know, yeah. push her, you know, her project and I was doing the same thing. It yeah. was really kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. And let's, uh, I can talk about so many things with you. I'm trying to keep, <laughs> a, keep track of what's going on. It's um, fun. Yeah, it's so, wow. Um, let's go ahead, let's talk about the fact that you auditioned for Riley. Uh, Even though it was based on you, you did want to play you, Riley. Yeah. Um, so, so the funny thing is, is that, yeah, so uh, the next season, after I met Felicia, um, I, I kind of scanned through the breakdowns to see like what's going on mm -hmm. in town and stuff. And I saw that they were casting for the Guild, and I actually clicked on it and realized, oh my god, what? <laughs> like Felicia didn't even tell me, and I was like, this is, this is, this is really, really cool. So I immediately like emailed her and said, hey, what's up with this? Blah blah blah. She's like, oh, I was going to email you, ask you to come in for it. Yeah. I was like, awesome. I'll totally come in for this part. And I'm like, oh, this is in the yeah, bag. This, one, yeah. this is simple. <laughs> Until I, you know, auditioned before Michelle Boyd. <laughs> um, but it was it was really funny um, because uh, oh, we're just doing rehearsals. Oh. So I think we're okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was really funny because I went in. I think I did a good job. They said I did a good job, and then I guess Michelle went after me and for. Those of you who watch the guild, you know how is it in, it's intimidating. It's a good intimidating, word? yeah. She's, I mean, she's she's, she's hot, Amazonian. Yes. yes. Like she looks like she could kick your ass yes. in a good way. Yes. And I so next, her against Zabu, Zabu yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. So I, I got an email from Felicia the next day, being like, "You were really great, and it was a really hard decision between you and this other girl, but this other girl is just." She's just tall and hot and next to Zabu and she's just got a 
deep voice and I'm just like, all right. <laughs> and done. Yeah. And done. And I Oh well. And so that was that was the end of my <laughs> hoping to be Riley. Yeah. But you are Riley. I am. So, I mean, yes. You yes. still have that. Yeah. You can still say I am Riley. Yes. I mean I've played her on on screen, but I am her. Yes. In real life. In R L. Yes. In R L. In R L. That's in right. RL. Word speak. Yes. <laughs> we'll lead it up for you guys a little bit. <laughs> now, you didn't know Michelle at the time. No, no. So how did you meet Michelle? Uh, this is actually kind of funny, too. Uh, so Michelle, I had I had been watching the guilds because, of course, I wanted to, like, <laughs> who is this bitch playing me? <laughs> JK. I yeah. love Michelle. Um, another JK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, of course, I watched, and, yeah. you know, I, I love this season. I think it was season two, right? Season, season three. Two, season three. Season three had Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Into season two. No. Right? Uh, Into yes. season two, Into and season then two part of and all of three season, had her. Right. Yeah. So it, we really got to know Riley. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so I guess it was, um, it was after season three. I'd never met Michelle before. I was bartending at... Uh, at the Roosevelt Hotel, and she walks into my bar, and I'm just like, I know this girl. <laughs> and I just go up to her, and I was like, are you Michelle Boyd? And she's like, yes. And just gave me this, like, why should I know you? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm Riley. <laughs> and it was just this moment of, like, wait, what? Oh, oh my God. It was really, really funny. That's it was great. a funny moment. That's awesome. And now she's one of my BFFs. See, That's I don't right. really hate her. Yeah, yeah. Just a little, but not really. Just kind of. It's so funny how just everything works. That you way. know, it's it's really funny because, um, you know, from an outsider's point of view, this town seems so big yeah. and there's just so many. But really, it's it's kind of a really small group of people, you know, that kind of make make this world go round. Yeah. So you're always, you know, running into people that yeah. you wouldn't necessarily think you'd know, but you do know. Yeah. Um, so that happens a lot in this town. It's crazy. Um, and it's very incestuous, you know. It's like you have a friend that's in another friend's circle, and then your your circles combine, yeah. and then you realize, oh, wait, we have friends in common. So yeah, yeah. Happens a lot. It happens so a lot. So cool. Very cool. All right. Well, speaking of the Gill and Slave Leia, mm -hmm. how did you get this role? Did you just want to do a cameo? Did Fisha ask you? Uh, no. are, do, are you known for being Slave Leia? <laughs> Uh, D, all of the above. No. So, yeah, uh, Felicia's people got a hold of me and asked if I wanted to do a little cameo in the season. And I was like, absolutely. That yeah. sounds like fun. And then I found out I was going to be Slave Lay, and I was like, oh, badass. I have my own authentic, handcrafted replica Very Slave Lay. Very expensive. Very expensive yeah. Slave Lay costume. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yes, I get to wear my Slave Lay costume. And then... The, the the whole joke of it being that Tink has a better costume than me. Well, the costume designer couldn't find a better costume, <laughs> costume than the one I have. So they very politely called me and asked if they could use my costume on Tink mm. and put me in the Starbucks costume. Nice. And, of course, being me on the phone and kind of like... Not, ambush but you know yeah. you don't want to say no and you want to be a team player and yeah. you just don't have any time to react i was like um sure <laughs> yeah yeah sure that yeah. that sounds good <laughs> of course yeah uh okay okay bye <laughs> and 
I, I don't think I was really happy with that at yeah. the moment. I was like, why did I just say yes to that? You're a moron. Why can't you like stand up for yourself? Like all these things going through my head. Um, but the truth of the matter is like, it's, you know, the, it being in scene and the characters, it totally makes oh, sense. So you know, it's yes, so funny. It's so good. But at the yeah. time, just being personally a cosplayer and yeah. personally having, like, spending all that money yeah. on your costume and personally wanting to show that costume yep. off yep. on you, <laughs> it was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. And I was a little sad. Yeah. I was, I was a bit of a sad panda. But in the end, it was worth it because the it scene was totally is hilarious. Worth it. it was totally it was it's 100% a worth scene. it. Yeah. It's just, like, that personal. You yeah. can't describe. You just yeah, have yeah, a feeling yeah. about something. Yeah. It was that. But yeah. it's going to, it's going to, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's just so fun. Very, very. So fun. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so you're a fan of the Guild, obviously. Yes. Have you been watching it since the beginning, or did you pick it up after, like, Dr. Horrible? Yeah, I actually, um, I didn't know about it until I'd met Felicia, okay. and then immediately was like, oh, a show about gaming? I'm totally going to get it on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of started, like, right after yeah. I met her, and then, you know, with the success of Dr. Horrible, then it blew up. Like, yeah. Felicia and I had plans. Like, we were like, oh, girl, gamer, yeah, let's hang out, man. Let's let's do things together. Yeah. Um, since Dr. Horrible, we still have not hung out because <laughs> she got so big. Yeah. She, she got so busy, you she guys. Busy. She's so, so busy. Yeah. Like, we're always like, let's plan lunch. Yeah, that sounds great. Years ago. <laughs> Has not happened. Has not happened. She's that busy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I just think it's great. It's such awesome. a, you know, to see something on the web that a is uh, high value. It's important to me because mm -hmm. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. But if I'm gonna spend time on something that somebody's like, here's an email. Uh, you should really watch this. I want to watch things that are not only entertaining yeah. but look good. Well, yeah. You yeah. Know? We were talking earlier about Team Unicorn stuff. Yeah. That has to be. Yeah. The utmost best. You it, don't want to do anything crappy. No, I mean, and and the internet has so much of that stuff yeah. on there, and it it's does, just unfortunately, you know, anyone with a camera can throw yep. stuff up now, which is fine. Yep. I have no problems with that, but it's like I feel like she takes a lot of pride in getting stuff correct and getting it right. You yeah. know, even on like little minuscule budgets, she mm -hmm. figures out a way to make it work. Um, and that's, you know, there's something to be said for that. Um, yeah. Mostly for people like me who, you know, I produce with my own group. Um, and I see that and I really, really appreciate it because that's what I inspire, yeah. aspire to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's great. It's such a great, great series. All right. So you've seen all four seasons. Which yes. season would you say is your favorite? Ooh. Uh, that's a tough question. Hmm. I really like to. Okay. Really like. Yeah, two. I think two and three are my faves. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about like where two ends, three begins, and <laughs> so forth. Yeah, I, I really like two. I think two's my favorite. Cool. Yeah. Now, do you have a favorite character? Well, I want to say Other Riley. Other than Riley, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know. he's your best friend and is based on you. Yeah. <laughs> I, for some reason, I'm really drawn to that girl. I don't know why. Um, let's see. Who is my favorite character? God, they're so good. Um, yeah, it's a tough question. It really is, because that's another thing I love about Felicia. Like, all her characters are just so, uh, just so separate from each other. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't feel like the same. It's not like Diablo Cody, who writes all her characters that sound the same. Identical. And it's, yeah. Yeah. you know, I hate that, by the way. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. I'm yeah, like, they're come all on. so different and individual and... So and you can it, like each and every one of them for different reasons. 
Which one is it? You can you can uh, just say all of them. Some people can't yeah. just choose. I really love Clara. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. She's just... Other than being a horrible mother. Uh, that's part but. of the appeal. She's just so <laughs> funny and so doesn't care about the kids. Yeah. Um, her, so hard. Her and... Between her and work, mm. I think. Those are two good ones. Uh, They're all but good. Zabu... See, it's They're too hard. Yeah. It's, too, it's really, really hard. It's hard, yeah. To pick. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, you can pick good things out of each one of them and... They're yeah. perfect. Yeah. So, all right. Well, now I don't have to tell you which character you identify with. No. Other than Riley, do you, is there another one? Um, do you see a little codex in yourself, or do you see? You a know little what? I do actually. Um, I'm kind of a closeted codex a little bit. I'm very like on the inside. I'm I'm like, I stumble. You know, I'm just not. I, I'm a little weird in social situations. Yeah, but we're all that way. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But sometimes my social anxiety gets to me a little bit. Um, Which is funny because you're so popular now. Do you, are, do you feel yourself growing? Do you, are you more comfortable with it? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I am, but, you know, it's a lot. Sometimes you just got to go out there and, like, act it through, you know? Yeah. And it's like a lot of times yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is fun. And inside I'm like, I just want to go home and be in my pajamas. <laughs> Please let me go home. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, a little socially awkward at times. Uh, a lot of this stuff, I, I guess, maybe um, I kind of see myself as when I was younger, too. Like, there's a lot of different things, mm-hmm. like being that outcast mm-hmm. and just being into things that not a lot of people were into and yeah. realizing you were just kind of the only just person checking out the fantasy books in the yeah. library at high school, you know, <laughs> and no one else was looking up Hercules and Xena on the computer except for you. <laughs> You know, um, yeah. so there's there's that part of me that's yeah. a little I can totally you know feel and relate to that character yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, and I have to say she is a real geek in real life because I know people think yeah. that you know I know there's that controversy at well, the time, but, but I mean she's wearing a Star Wars shirt. She has yeah. a is that a Rebel Alliance medallion? Yeah, medallion necklace. Yeah. Look. yeah. nice. Right, may the force yep. be with you always. Nice. Yeah, so I mean she's definitely geeked out right now. So yeah, I this um, is. I wish I could tell you guys that it's just like some kind of PR stunt where, you know, <laughs> somebody not. just found four girls and put them together like the Spice Girls. It's yeah. not. It's not the case. Um, the reason I became friends with all these girls and thought, oh my gosh, we should combine our join forces, yeah. was because I was like, wow, like I relate with you on so many different levels. Um, not only are you a geek, like I can talk to you about certain things, and yeah. it was just the four of us fit together so well. Um, that you know, just us being, um, you know. Yeah, it's just you guys being you. Yeah, I and mean, that's it. Plain and simple. Yeah, We're, four girls who no, love geeky things. We don't. And, we don't try to do anything yeah. we don't know. You and know. And I say that's so, so great. Is that? And I love you know. You look on um, geeking gamer girls, and you look on the YouTube site, and just the comments back and forth between people. Yeah. He's, these bitches are just models. Where'd yep. they find these girls? And yep. someone going in, no, they're not. You should do your research. <laughs> and it's just really, really funny. Like, So you enjoy this, reading those things? You know, I try to stay away, it's but hard. every once in a while, are, you yeah. just gotta go. You know, yeah. the thing is, is there's, um, people think it's safe to just bash people online. And, yeah. Um, What's well, anonymous? And that so that it's they anonymous would never and say that's your no, face. Exactly. And there's no, there's no kind of... Yeah, there's no repercussion No. 
they can say whatever they want. Either they don't believe it. Some people just do it. Some people just do it to get attention, and it's really, really sad. Yeah. Um, But you know, you can't, you can't, you can't listen to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So none of us are. We're just going to continue to keep going on, doing awesome projects. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much for uh, hanging with us. This was Thanks so interesting. I can me. keep talking to you, so uh, I have to cut, cut the line. This is already going on way too long. Um, but before we go, I want to make sure the fans know where they can find you, what you're working on, what's coming out. All that all jazz. That fun stuff. All that jazz. Um, uh, I guess I'll personally plug my my social media stuff. Yes. Uh, you can find me at twitter.com backslash Rylea. It's R-I-L-E-A-H. Um, Facebook.com backslash Rylea Vanderbilt. And then my website is uh, RyleaVanderbilt.com. Um, and, you know, we just, we had two projects just come out the last couple of uh, months. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Alien Beach Crashers and our uh, original song for the win, which if you haven't already, get it on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, having that stuff happened was really great for us and now we're moving on to other stuff so great um, now is there a, there's a team unicorn website or is it a there Facebook is page? yes hi <laughs> i'm part of team unicorn and i only care about myself sorry about that um yes hey why don't you check out my production team stuff as well um we have facebook.com backslash team unicorn ftw don't forget the ftw because that's very important for the win for the win yes, yes. Um, same at Twitter, backslash Team Unicorn for the win. Mm-hmm. And then um, then our website is TeamUnicornFTW.com. Nice and simple. And of course, easy, we'll, easy, we'll easy. have all the URLs on our show notes, so we'll have all that stuff so you don't have to grab a pin really quick and write it down. And then YouTube, same thing. Yep. Uh, like, subscribe, whatever, whatever you got to do, just do it. Yes. Follow us, whatever it is. Yeah. Just do it. Become a fan on Facebook. <laughs> yes, definitely. All that stuff. Definitely. Yes. Great. Well, I, like, like I said, I really appreciate you uh, hanging out with me and, and it's chatting. Been so fun. Great. We'll do it again soon. All right. Hey, guys. I'm here with Robin. We're going to be discussing episode four. Mm-hmm. So this is when Tink is in her little slave Leia outfit. Yes. And uh, this is where you see steampunk for the first time. Right. I am and it's stoked. all shiny. Yes. And you want to shiny, be part of it. Shiny wing pieces. <laughs> Cloth pieces. Yeah. Um, that was a lot of fun just because that was the first time that we got to see the um, the booth Which is up. incredible. Oh, it didn't phenomenal. take much acting to no, really no. I mean, be in awe. Yeah. You're su- I was just like, okay, this is like the neatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, Greg did a phenomenal job yeah. with that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's always a pleasure to work with Amy. She's a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Yeah, wow. and then you have you have Marissa. Yeah, this is where she's introduced. Right, and you have your interaction with her. Yeah, she's so she, snobby. Ah, uh, so hoity-toity. It's so and you're oblivious to it. Though. I, I, know, love it. I, I love how I don't even get the snobs. You don't that. even care, no, because no. I'm just like, oh, this is so cool, and she's yeah. just like, oh, yeah. You're like, what's that? She's like, goggles. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's that? You don't even get her sarcasm. Yeah. You're just so into the whole area. Right. She's. You know, she's really, really into it. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. I love that. But uh, Marissa was hilarious, and she looked phenomenal. She oh, was great. She was un- yeah, yeah, incredible. She was really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. Hey guys, I'm here with Robin and Amy. Hey. Hello. Hello. 
la so we just got done finishing a scene from uh, episode three where um Tink, you're in a very revealing outfit. <laughs> yes, I'm in a slave Leia outfit. You rocked it, though. You did. You looked good. Yeah. You owned it. I mean, you could have just... It could have been totally bad, but you did it well. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, I don't know how I felt about that, but it's over now. <laughs> yes. And yeah, now you're in a cute... Oh, uh, anim- Japanese anime character? Yes, I'm an anime sailor, I guess. Um, <laughs> they got me in all kinds of stuff this season, so... I know. Yeah, yeah you look really cute. You look adorable. <laughs> okay. So in this scene, you guys um, are... Or you guys approach Alina, who's played by Marissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how was that? Oh, it was fun. She was good. so good. Like, I just couldn't... I can't handle it. Now, um, you worked with Marissa on Date My Avatar. I did, yeah. She danced with me. It was so funny. During takes, we would, like, try to remember the dance. It's kind of failed, but... <laughs> but, yeah, it's always nice to see her. And she pops up here and there, you know, yeah, Comic-Con and all that stuff. Yeah. She's friends with Felicia, but it's always so nice to see her. She's yeah. always a good time. Yeah. Super nice. Well, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. We're going to run lines now. <laughs> Hey, Guildies, I'm here with Sean Becker, director of the Guild. We're here discussing episode four. Hey, everybody. Hey, Kenny. How's it going, Sean? Doing good, good. We're doing a late night session here. Yes, we are, and we're actually doing it over Skype. Normally, we are, we're hanging out together when we do these things. I know, and I just have a killer chemistry. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, both busy, busy, busy guys, and got to do what we got to do. The listeners want to hear your thoughts on episode four, so we find time. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get right into it. All right, sounds good. So this one had a, a fairly simple opening for for Felicia or for Codex. No one in the background. Yeah, in the first, uh, well, I guess it's the second one with no one in the background because the season premiere had no one because we were at Codex's place. Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah. But as far as being on the road, it was the first one without Gildies or without uh, Jenny Powell as the maid. Yes. Yes. Which is a reoccurring role for Jenny because she played the maid in Video Game Reunion. That's right. That's right. That's why you guys threw her in there. As that, a that actually is what that actually is what inspired it. Yeah, that's very very funny. Uh, but anyways, episode four. So the very so it was just it was a typical you know opening for uh, Codex. Yeah, just reflecting on the last episode, like she's freaking out about insulting the the maker of the game, and she's devastated. Yeah, yeah. Um, believe it or not, and so um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's basically it. But I, it's cool because I feel like she gets to be a little bit more candid in this webcam because there isn't anyone else in the room because there is the thought of like how weird that would be to record basically your personal diary with people in the background yeah yeah definitely but let's go ahead and jump into the episode the very first shot is the actual autograph area yeah we finally find out what vork's dozen dollar idea was yeah but then now I hear that this is this wasn't initially the first shot of the episode. No, the way that the script was written was we actually only had four scenes. The, the first scene was Codex and Zabu uh, together, and it was that it was everything together. And then yeah. after that, we had the autograph area, all that together. And then we mm-hmm. had Tink and Clara together meeting the steampunk uh, Marissa Tancherone. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all together, and then we ended the episode with Codex finding Floyd and Chet at the bar, and we ended mm-hmm. on that. So what we did is, coming off of episode three, which was such an ambitious, big 
fast-paced episode for nine minutes, we we wanted to keep that momentum up. So it was actually Felicia's idea to – it was either Felicia or Kim. It may have been both of them. But, you know, once the first cut was done, basically we have an eight-minute episode and four of those minutes are Codex and Zabu. And then we – Yeah. So we're, we're like we haven't even seen anyone else yet. So um, – they both decided to cut it up, so I restructured the episode um, based on their suggestions, and then we we cut it up. So now we started with the autograph area, go into Codex and Zabu, um, go into Tink and Clara, back to Codex and Zabu, back to Tink and mm-hmm. Clara, and then we end on the bar. So now they're just a, a better pace throughout. Yeah, I like it. I, I think it's really well done that way. I can imagine you doing it all in one big chunks at a time. It, it, it was just a lot, and, and it's not uniform for the show like already that the show is a lot different and, and in my opinion you know and maybe you'll agree with this it i've said it before it, it feels like a movie it plays out like a oh 100 percent. i yes. mean they're they're where you've never seen them before and the way that we even transition between scenes it's you know yes. well into scene and you'll hear the dialogue the next scene start to come in and we'll cut to that scene and and it's, yeah. it, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun and it's been a nice break from um what we've done in, in past seasons so uh yeah. we wanted to just kind of keep that like pace up and and you know for a web series we want to keep keep it going and keep seeing what everyone else is up to rather than dwelling on something for for too long so fortunately there was two great little breaks in those scenes one being um codex finally telling zabu how she feels cliffhanger mm-hmm. and then we come back to that and then you know um clara seeing the steampunk booth cut mm-hmm. and then we we come back to what she actually sees which is the uh which is the physical steampunk booth yeah yeah but now with the autograph room we actually had quite a few celebrities in there yeah we do that's that's our first real uh exposure that we've got um i mean with the with this whole season you know we've we're seeing different aspects like we've seen the convention floor we've seen a panel room we've seen um, like the individual booths we've mm-hmm. seen kind of like the hallways uh, or like the outer like lobby areas the registration areas and now we're getting mm-hmm. into like the autograph area which is you know a, a staple of most most conventions oh yeah definitely but I mean I think like in the very first shot we have Bria Grant who is from Heroes and she's she's I know she's a friend of Greg Aronowitz's yeah, she was in Battle Planet, which Greg directed, and I, I believe that's where they met. Um, mm-hmm. He's known her for the longest time, and then uh, she's about to start on Dexter, I think, now, too, which that's is great. huge. And then we got Jason yeah. Charles Miller, um, both who are really good friends of Greg Aronowitz. Who, yeah, now you know, you know I'll just interrupt really quick. You know, Jason is opening for Toby Keith. I do know that. That, that is yes, very it's cool news. so awesome, and he's going to be at a. A local uh, LA country radio station. They're, they're like go. I think it's called Go Country, mm-hmm. and they're doing they're doing their yearly, you know, big concert that they do that they give tickets away for. He's actually performing there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear his name on the radio. It's so funny. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Jason's great. I don't know if you've anyone who's listening to this. If you live in the LA area, uh, follow Jason on Facebook, and he announces when mm-hmm. he performs. Um, I, I've heard his music before, and I've liked it, and I've just it's just really hard for me just to get out. It's not that I don't want to go out and like support friends or, or go to shows. I just never really have the time, and, and I never yeah. am able to. But Jason, so Jason, for the longest time, had been asking me to go see a show, and 
I've just never been able to. So finally, it was like down the street. So I'm like, well, I have no excuse now. I'm going to go. <laughs> and I was literally just going to go for a little while. But he's he's so good live that I stayed for the entire thing. And like now I'm asking him when his next show is. And I want to go. And I have CDs and stuff. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. So it's, yeah, he, yeah, he's really, really cool. He, so if you, if you get a chance to see him live, it's usually at you know a smaller intimate bar. And it's a $5 cover. And you know it's, it's a Not lot of for fun. long. Not for he's long, gonna, yeah. He's, he's going to start moving up that chain. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's an you know? extremely talented guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, those celebrities, actually, like, Bria, oh, we also had, well, Bria and Jason stayed the entire day. They did, and they were actually a last-minute call because we knew who we were going to have in the autograph area, and it wasn't a lot of people. And the people that mm. we did have, like Brett Spiner um, and Granny Mahara, uh, they had to leave at a certain point to either catch a flight or, or you know, goes. I mean, they're you know they're all very busy people, so yeah. Yeah. that's why we've got them and and Tom Link. It's funny, Tom Link is in the autograph area. We never see him more than in a wide shot ever. Yeah, like yeah. he he doesn't have any scenes. He doesn't have any signing things. He was just there. He just said, "I'll come show up and be an extra." So basically, we have Tom Link. We have. Jason Charles Miller and, and Bria Grant all literally as extras um, in this scene. <laughs> they just said, yeah, we'll, we'll come out for, for the day. Yeah. And I feel super bad because I – not bad because it, it worked out fine. But um, in the episode, I don't know which cut you saw, but there it, is, it starts with them actually looking over and Jason saying, who is that kid? And Bria saying, I don't know. But the problem is I didn't have the audio for that. So it was off of the camera mic and it sounded awful. So now mm. it's just a glance. But it, it it didn't add or take anything away having it or not yeah. having it. It's, you know, because Grant says the exact same thing like 20 seconds later. So I, I mm-hmm. feel like uh, I, I feel like it probably actually ended up working out better the same way. So if Jason's hearing this, I didn't cut your line and we just didn't actually have it so uh yeah and it was yeah it was weird i we actually were hunting for it yesterday and i was going through all the drives and it just mysteriously that one take was just missing from all of our audio files i I don't know why so maybe it was a sign oh maybe well yeah you just said that we were talking earlier you just just or or maybe it was bad media management (laughs) 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 actually it was probably that Uh uh-huh uh, so you just finished this episode, literally a few minutes ago, and took it to FedEx and yeah, sent I it off. FedEx us a few hours ago. Like I had to. And actually, the episode's been done. We we spent like all day on credits. Just you know, we have so many people working the oh, season right. that like the the, the, the credit like. The way we do this show, and I've mentioned this before, is, you know, like, we'll have uh, the assembly editor edit it, then the main editor will do like two or three rounds of notes, and then I'll take it over and I'll do my final round of notes. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I send it off to um, Chris Darnell, who shoots the show. He also color corrects it. And then Sean Oakley, who mixes the show on set, also does the post-mixing as well. So yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a long process. And so, like, I'm, you know, watching cuts. Then I sit down for a while. And then I go to Chris's house and sit with him. And I go to Sean's house and sit with him. And then after that, you know, uh, then I have to come back home. And, and, like, now it's like I used to be able to just take the credits and just throw them in because – we knew who was there, but because we have so many people involved, like, like I, I spent, I want to say I spent four hours on credits today. Like, <laughs> like I spent more time on credits than it took Chris to color correct the episode. Yeah. Cause yeah. It, Chris is about four hours on average when he, when he corrects it. But, uh, it just, it was just like triple checking everything. And we've got an email chain going with like six people on it. So, yeah. Um, 
it's just it's really important that we we credit everyone and you know uh mistakes do get made so like i know in the first couple episodes there were a couple of mistakes so what we're doing fortunately is that i can change the master files so when the episodes go on to netflix dvd yeah uh youtube it'll be corrected demand, they'll be corrected and that's that that's where it lives on so and, and yeah. in the end it's just as long as you to me it's like as long as you try mdb credit you know yeah yeah that makes people happy so uh yes i just turned that in um not too long ago and now right now actually as we're talking i'm currently working on 505 nice nice now um how was it directing celebrities uh it was it was fun it it was something that a couple seasons ago i don't know how i would have handled it because i'm i'm just i'm always learning and i'm always gonna be learning for the rest of my career and however long i decide to, to do this i'm i'm I just, you know, you kind of pick up and you, you pick up little things. And even when I went to school, like most of my um, education just came from being on set and just learning from a lot of mistakes. So a mistake mm-hmm. I used to make a lot is like when I would work with, you know, a celebrity, I would get intimidated by them. And not like in, in a bad way that they're upon a vibe or stuff. It's just like it was just me being insecure and thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, like this person, like, you know, someone like uh, Will Wheaton who's been on Star Trek and was in Stand By Me and – He's being directed by Rob Reiner and, you know, like I – and I didn't know the guy. So I was like, I don't know if he's going to even listen to me. Like I'm doing a web series, you know, like – Yeah, but yeah. fortunately, you know, Will being one of the nicest people I've ever met is – and he not only is nice and easy to work with, but he you can tell he really cares about Fox. Um, mm-hmm. Not just Fox, but just any role he takes on. He doesn't want to – like he wants to make sure he's doing it right. So Yeah, he, yeah, he never phones it in. No, and even with Fox, when we first started establishing that character, it was like that was a major character we had to establish. You know, we had to make sure that he was douchey, but still in a likable way to where you just didn't hate him, you know? Yeah. And so me, him, Kim, and Felicia literally had to work on his character a lot and get a lot of alts and figure it out. But in doing that, still, I, you know, he would turn in a performance and I would want to try something else. So whether it was him or anyone else at the time, I would. You know, kind of have to ask and be like, "Hey, uh, would you mind doing it this way, or would you be cool yeah. if you did it this way?" And now I've transitioned from that to instead of asking to just telling, not in any kind of a, you know, it's basically just me just doing my. Yeah, you know, you're directing my, you're my directing job, and what I'm you directing. Want. And, yeah. it's, and it's funny because when when I would do that with with certain people, I would ask them. How do you feel about this? And which, which you know, now I look back on it, and that that gives off a sense of insecurity. And when I mm-hmm. did that, I never really got a good response. Like I wasn't able to communicate what I wanted well, and so mm-hmm. I've changed that. And with this season and with our schedule, I knew I just had to. And I was like, well, what do I have to lose? So like literally, it was just like telling you know so and so like okay, do it this way, or that's not exactly what I wanted. Like do it that way. But of course, like in a professional manner, like I'm not. Well, yeah. You know, and yeah, then yeah. once in a while, well, like 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 with the cast, I I can joke around and I can go up to Jeff Lewis and say, yeah, could you do it again? But you know, like as like an actor would do it, like could you do it, could you do it good? <laughs> like you know, something that people would watch and and believe. You know, like I can joke around like that, or I can tell you know Robin Thorson, don't screw up on this one. You know, but. uh <laughs> So, you know, it's easy to be honest with the Gilcrest because they're, they're friends of mine and so we can screw around. But, you know, like I can't be that way with celebrities, especially people who are doing us a favor. Mm-hmm. And and um, so, I don't know, just, just through 
experience. Like I, I got to a point now where, you know, I just, it, it was talking to anyone else was just like talking to the cast or, or friends or anything. And I, it's just come with experience. I, I've just been lucky enough to be doing this long enough to where something like that doesn't really intimidate me. And, and also on the other side, I'm also not dealing with people who are divas, you know, like I'm easily, mm-hmm. I know someday that's going to probably happen where I will be, directing someone and they're going to try to like take over you know or they'll not listen to me or they'll be like you know you direct a web series and I've been on in movies (laughs) you know but I've been fortunate enough to uh, work with people who were very respectful and and take direction well and and it was actually a lot of fun it was nothing to like oh my god how am I going to do this it was like literally just let's get this done it was exciting it it was um, it was fun and and everyone just wanted to be a because everyone you know was there definitely like as a favor, you know, but they also wanted to be there too. It wasn't like we were, you know, having to beg people to come. Like it was literally just an ask. And if they wanted to come, they could. And if they didn't want to, then they didn't have to, you know, so the people yeah, who were they're there, all, they're all fans of the guild. Exactly. Or the Felicia. Yeah, exactly. And they all recognize what Felicia and people like, you know, you've got Brett Spiner who's, who's got his own web series, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Grant Mahar, who I feel like is going to start being in every web series. Cause he is so easy. <laughs> like, Anytime I can call him right now and just be like, "Hey, Graham, I'm thinking about shooting this this thing." Uh, it's just a couple of guys talking. I don't even know what we'll do with it. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll come down." <laughs> like he's he seems so. I, I haven't known him that long, but he seems always just down to shoot whenever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very very cool. All right, let's move on to the second scene, which is the Zabu and Codex scene. Yes, where Codex uh, finally just – she's talked to the rest of the guild about her feelings about Zabu, and now she finally gets to tell him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it's pretty straightforward, the scene, really. Yeah, we just – you know, we shot that in Valencia. I'm trying to think of some good details to give about that. But yeah, it was very, very straightforward. I mean fortunately we were – you know, able to find it. Uh, the thing about that scene is that it's a very long scene, but I, it's a very important scene. So, oh yeah, yeah. You know, we did make some trims here and there for stuff that was a little necessary, mostly like more ad libby type stuff. We uh, end up mm-hmm. cutting, but we want to make sure the bulk. I mean, we, you can't just gloss over something like that. We can't just rush through it. Like you've been building on this for five seasons now, so you know you've got to, to take your time with a moment like that, and you can't just yeah, you know, rush it and then immediately move on to, to something else and then yeah. never speak of it again, you know? So it was very important. Yeah. So even splitting it up like that, I think really helped the the mood and just the effect and, and you know, Zabu's feelings uh, and his analogy for Codex in, in, in that scene. Yeah, yeah, very, very... I mean, it's very telling of Zabu. He's probably the character that's grown the most. Exactly, yeah. And, it, and it's not just him being oblivious. Like, I know that in the first uh, couple episodes, it comes off that way. It comes off yeah. as him just excited about the con, starting to, like, schedule like crazy, being oblivious in the hotel room mm-hmm. when she's trying to flirt with him. But now, you know, she yeah. straight up, she's very honest with him and he's very honest with her. And we get an explanation on, on you know, he's not being, he's not stupid. You know, he has a reason. So, yeah. which is which yeah. is great. It's, it's. It, it helps the scene. It makes it believable. It it, it brings it back to uh, reality for you know a show that that's that's you know a comedy and and stuff yeah. like that. You know can easily yeah. people can't take that too lightly. You know it's like when you get a serious scene like that, it's got to be done right. And, but I mean even in like season two when you know there, there's a one of my favorite scenes I think ever in the in the show was Codex and Zabu after uh, Zabu fought Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and there the, be- are... the best line of the entire series. Yeah, was the princess. I love that line. The... My princess is in another castle. Yeah, exactly. And so now the tables have turned, but you know, Zabu's got his reasons, you know, and yeah. it's not just going to be this ongoing loop of he's just oblivious and he's over her and that's it. And he's just silly, yeah. silly Zabu. Like he's like, Hey, and you know, he explains it the best way he can in gaming terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Let's talk about the third scene uh, of this episode, and that's uh, the Tink and Clara. Let's first let's talk about the Slave Leia. So you guys got Tink and or Amy into a Slave Leia outfit. Yes, we did. Thank God, um, <laughs> because I'm a guy, and uh, <laughs> and we got her. And actually, that shot of uh, Riley Vanderbilt from Team Unicorn, um, who intros that scene, that was the very very first shot of the entire season. That's right. I was there her that. walking. Yeah, that was the very first shot that we popped off. And it was one of those things where she walked uh, four times. And they were like, moving on. And we're like, all right, we're on a roll. We'll never be behind <laughs> schedule. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, we got them. And here's a, actually a really funny story about um, Riley. And that because, you know, Riley, she is a a true geek at heart. Uh, oh, yeah. Hardcore Star Wars fan. And yeah. I may be exaggerating this story a little bit. It actually would be really interesting if you can ever get some time with her to ask her about this. Because I just heard this secondhand. I, I didn't hear it. Like, I just saw her when she arrived on set. She did her scene and she left. But apparently, and, and I don't know if this is gossip or not, but I think it's a funny geek cred story. She had a problem with her Slave Leia suit. Because the joke is, is that Tink has the better suit. You know, mm-hmm. and she has the line, mine's homemade, yours is a generic costume slave Leia suit. And I think Riley actually had an issue wearing the slave Leia suit because it was just a costume, like Halloween store type suit, which still looked amazing on her because she's a very beautiful woman, but mm-hmm. she had a problem with that. And I remember, because uh, I think she owns a slave Leia outfit, which I believe was the one that um, Tink was wearing. Yes, and, it is. And, and then, I, yeah, I get the whole story from her. I ha- I I interviewed her. Okay, and, and then spilled everything. Oh, good. So okay, so I won't. Yeah. I'm not lying here. So no, you're not lying. It is a it is a true story. Yeah. No, that was her outfit. They called her up, and she was excited because she thought she was wearing her own outfit, so she brought it. And then they kind of surprised her and told her that, well, no, Amy's going to wear yours. We have you. The, well, we got this one that we rented. Yeah, so. and she looked at it and was just like disgusted by it. Like, and no offense to, I, I, I don't know where we got it from. I don't know who made it, but it was not, uh, it was not studio quality, or yeah. or or of the highest cosplay standards. Um, but she still looked amazing. You would never really tell. I mean, especially on, on, on unless on, you get really up close. Yeah. yeah, and plus we're on, you know, we're shooting it too. I'm sure in real life you could be like, oh yeah, that looks cheap, but on on. Video, it played fine, but uh, I yeah, I do love the like just sudden appearance, and I'm sure fans. I mean, the the fun thing about Tink, and this isn't really a spoiler, is you're going to see more cosplay from Tink, and and yeah, and it, it is yeah. fun to see like where she goes with it and all the different things that she does. But I, I feel like uh, fanboys are going to, uh, or just fans of of Amy, or just hot girls in general, are going to go nuts for um, <laughs> Tink in the slave Leia outfit. So yeah, that was the first shot of of the season. Um, you know, uh, it's. It's funny because you can tell because it's not as populated. 
Um, mm. I think overall, and it doesn't bother me. I don't know if it'll bother other people, but you will see that like some scenes we have tons of extras, and some scenes we have like two extras in the back. And um, <laughs> I mean, for me, it doesn't bother me because it just makes the con feel larger. Like there's sections that yeah. actually aren't that populated, and that's true con. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, yeah, exactly. It's true. No, it is true. There are parts of con, like even San Diego Comic Con. I used to know. I knew every section where I can go where there's only like two, three people. Yeah, like uh, yeah, like two miles away at uh, yeah. at the IHOP. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Comic Con's the best example. Um, no, I would go. Have you ever been upstairs to like you know? Yeah, you know, uh, you know what? You're right. Thirty four, thirty six, way in the back. Yes, where they hold the film festival. There's nobody yeah. over there. There's nobody there. There's like a few chairs, and there's just like sporadic people. That's where I used to go to relax. You're totally right. But yes, no, you are actually right. There is that one dead area up there. So no, let's talk about let's talk about the steampunk and Marissa. Yes, uh, the very first reveal of the steampunk booth, um, and yes, uh, which was epic looking. Oh god, it looks so good. Yeah, it's funny because in that con, um, there actually was a real Comic Con going on during that time, but we got that back area, so we had to build our own con. So we built the more Comic Con style, like booths and mm-hmm. giant displays, whereas the rest of the con was just basically just like uh, vendor tables and like signing mm-hmm. areas. So it was literally just a ton of tables. Tables and curtains. Um, tables and curtains, and that was really it. And then you come over to our, our place, and we have booths set up with computers, and then we have a <laughs> steampunk booth that's just, like, it's awesome. And, yeah, uh, yeah Marissa was just, she was just perfect in that role. And, and I got to um, actually go to the fitting for the for her when she did the steampunk, and we went to mm. this, this place in Burbank called Steampunk Couture, which was, uh, it's a little steampunk shop. I don't know if you've been there, but you should go check it out. Uh, and they, yeah, I definitely talked to the owner, Donna. Yeah, she's great. She's she's yeah. she's hilarious and, and filthy. She is. Uh, oh, yes, she is. I love her. She's great. <laughs> and so I got to go for the. You know, it was like playing dress up. And I think um, Felicia was very upset when not upset, but like when she. We were texting her pictures of Marissa, and because we had her try on a ton of outfits, and then it just became yeah. dress up at one point, and even I had yeah. dressed up at one point. Like it was fun. <laughs> so we're texting Felicia pictures, like check it out, check it out, and she just goes like, "Damn it, I I should have written that role for Codex." Yeah, um, I know she was really jealous. Or like written Codex in somehow as part of a steampunk thing, you know. Yeah, because um, I think originally, like sh- she was supposed to like wear a steampunk thing at one point, but then she took it out, and and now uh, she's like, I, I should have kept that in because I want to dress up like that. <laughs> it would have been cool to see Codex in her steampunk outfit. It would have. Um, I don't know if it would made sense to the story, but we might see Felicia in a steampunk outfit at one point. I think just her going to this place in Burbank and and getting. Yeah, plain dress up. I think she even said she wanted to do that, but uh, no, it was fine. And that was my first time ever working with Marissa. Like I, I've been friends with her just through, um, just through Felicia, and, and I've always, mm-hmm. uh, I've always thought she was a really, really. Oh, that's cool. right. You weren't part of uh, Date My Avatar. I wasn't. I did not. No, I had nothing to do. I, I showed up to set for like that's twenty right. twenty minutes, so I didn't get to work with that's her on right. that. And you know, I didn't work on Doctor Horrible or, or yeah or any of that. I literally just know her as a mutual friend. So it was our first time working together, and, and she is just awesome. And we've been she trying to we've been trying to get her into Jeff Lewis Comedy Art. When she saw the first episode uh, tag, she emailed me and just said like, "If you ever need an Asian girl, like." I will act in your show. 
And so, I mean, we're in the process of trying to get season two going, so we're hoping to get Marissa yeah. in there somewhere because she's, she's like, because we'd, we'd love to have her. She's just so much fun to work with. Yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, she brought this character to life. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she knew exactly what it was. And, it, you know, it was one of those things where she just became the character and I didn't really have to do too much. Like, I, she, yeah. she, I'm like, yeah, like, I, I don't know what I can say to make this better. You're nailing it. Yeah, and she, and she's beyond hot in her corset and oh yeah, she looks thing. yeah she looks amazing. It's it's she was awesome, incredible. and I think she knew it. Oh, of course, that knew. very first reveal with the mirror, <laughs> she turns and she's strutting over. She knows it. She's having fun. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot of fun, and I liked her interaction with Robin, even though it was only a little bit in this episode. But that was all you needed to establish her character. It's it's in in that exchange, you know exactly where she's coming from, and and. Yeah, and, and you get yeah. you get a sense of of her attitude, you know, which yeah, which is it's just fun. It's 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 a fun addition to the to, and it's just great. Like people, of course, who know the show and, and know Felicia and this, you know, kind of inner circle of the weed inverse Felicia. And like you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's fun to see Marissa, and I think fans are going to really enjoy seeing her in there because they're going to recognize her at the top. I oh, mean, definitely. Well, we we announced her at Comic Con and and it got a good re- response. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting that we announced her. We announced Doug Jones, so I can actually talk about that. Yeah, and yeah. and I want to see what Doug's role is this season because we haven't really announced that. But uh, not yet. He has yeah. uh, he has a very interesting role, which is very fun. <laughs> yeah, very cool. All right, let's talk about the final scene, which is Floyd talking to uh, what's this guy's the uh, Chet name? Chet Grenwald. Yeah. Um, which actually was Chet Hayes in the script, but I had to tell Felicia she had to change that because Tom Hanks, and this is just off of a podcast I listened to called Hollywood Babylon that Kevin Smith does with uh, Ralph Garman from K-Rock, and they, mm-hmm. and they just talk about Hollywood news, and it's just a bunch of gossip. It's a really, really funny, funny, funny podcast, um, and it's, it's pretty popular too, so... At the same time Felicia was writing the script, they had this ongoing story where they were kind of following up on Tom Hanks' son who decided to start a rap career. Um, his name's uh, – I want to say it's Chet Hanks, but he went by the um, stage name Chet Hayes. And so mm. what they would do is on Hollywood Babylon, they would play his newest song or his newest rap and then, you know, it's not very good. And it's like a yeah. far stretch from Colin Hanks or, or Tom Hanks. And so – I see Chet Hayes in the script. I'm like, oh, you got to change that, like, right away. Like, <laughs> But if I hadn't listened to that podcast, I don't know if I would have ever caught that. And Yeah. Well, then it's good that you did. Yeah, thank God I do stuff. <laughs> so this, again, we have another uh, celebrity playing Chet. Yeah, we have uh, Mark Gant of the Bannon Way. Mark Gant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another person I'd never uh, worked with before. I mean, like... I slightly worked with him on another show called uh, The Web Ventures of Justin and Alden, but it was actually a mm-hmm. scene that I did not direct. Like, he, we had a, a red carpet montage that he was in, so that's the closest I ever got to working with, with Mark, and him and I have known each other for a while now, and so that was just a lot of fun to work with him. And, and Yeah, uh, he, yeah. He, he, now, I know for... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I think I was just going to mumble and just say uh, a lot, so go ahead. <laughs> Well, the, uh, the location where we shot that, because it was supposed to be a bar, and we actually wound up using like a, what, a coffee bar. That was a, star- that was a Starbucks, yeah. Uh, yeah Starbucks inside bar inside of an MC Suites, um, yeah. which had a bar, but 
I forgot yes, what which it, we were supposed to use, right? We were supposed to use that bar. We were supposed to use that bar, and I had it all planned out and shot listed. Um, but in all honesty, this this was actually a blessing in disguise because visually, I really enjoyed, liked the area that we shot in. And oh, it was much better than and, the bar area. And the angles on Codex, like really showing that she's eavesdropping, I thought played mm-hmm. off much better here because we were able to shoot through the wall um mm-hmm. it's like a, a grid and when you watch the episode you know what i'm talking about and we didn't have that luxury usually like basically in the bar it was just her standing close to them listening and it, and mm. it was a very nice little cinematic uh dynamic to the scene um yeah. showing her eavesdropping and and getting her pov getting in really close um shooting through the wall to her reactions and then um my favorite part of that scene um which in the script, I think he takes a shot of whiskey and he just says, uh, they toast and he just goes whiskey. Blah, and that was it. But I was like, yeah, what if you just, and it was like, I think I had come up with it on set and I just said, Hey, can you just really milk that shot? Like you've never taken a <laughs> shot of whiskey before. And so each time he did it, I'm like, Every time I would come back and give notes, I'd be like, okay, you know, faster than this person. And longer on the shot, longer on the shot, longer on the shot. And then <laughs> literally to where now when you see it, you actually see the liquid just slowly. It's a great scene. Going in. And, and, and it's so funny because I had to give notes on that scene to the editors. And every time they would do I mean, they got the joke, so they would do it. Yeah. And I would, every time I would come back with notes, I'm like, double what you have there. Double, <laughs> double. And I want to say it's I, – I can't click off because I'm recording right now. Um, I think it's over eight seconds long. <laughs> it's awesome. It is awesome. It's you laugh so hard. It's, a, it's an eight-second shot. And uh, right before I shifted, I actually added like four more frames to it. Yeah. Um, I just I had to get as much as I could in there, and, and it makes me laugh so much. And every time he did it, he there was a moment where he started coughing during it, but I just like just the the slow silent like just sipping, and then yeah. the and then Mark's reaction is just golden. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a great scene. So yeah, it's a good scene. Uh, Mark had a nice. And we little... have Jeff Jeff Winkler as the bartender. Jeff Winkler, our line producer, is the bartender. Uh, he, yeah. which I gave him credit for, um, yes. as an extra. <laughs> <laughs> so he now has. It'll be line producer slash extra. Um, yes, right. That's right. Uh, we have a lot of crew, I think, in the. I actually am in the show at one point this season. Uh, I have a. Yeah. I have a. It's a very brief cameo, but I've actually seen this season as opposed to you just hearing my voice through a speaker box <laughs> which which the scene you're in yeah the uh, yeah. Vork uh, drive through scene we should talk about past seasons more <laughs> um, so yeah no it's uh, cool. yeah I'm really excited for the episode and it was good it was a relief to come off of something as big as episode 3 and go into episode four, which which was smaller in scale, but still, uh, still on big. On, still on par in entertainment wise. It still has a lot of those wow moments. Yeah, every episode does. We have there's a lot yeah. going on. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I, well, I really yeah. Oh, I was gonna. I, I, I mean, it's very late. It is now tomorrow. <laughs> it is tomorrow. It is tomorrow. It is. Finish. No, that was it. Finish that was the end of the sentence. Are you sure? I am. Trust me, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> well, we really appreciate you stopping by and chatting with us. I know it's super late. It's 12.01 right now in the morning. I'm starting to go into standby mode here. Yeah, on, yeah, on, but we really... Autopilot. We, <laughs> we really appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to talking to, you, talking to you for episode five. All right, sounds good, Kenny. Hey, guys, this is Kenny. I'm here with Jason Charles Miller. He uh, He's not a stranger to the guild, but I think this is the first time you're actually... Well, not actually we're in the music video. This right. is the first time you're actually in the series. Right. So you're one of the autograph room stars. Right. So uh, how did that come about? Um, uh, actually, Sean Becker asked me last weekend when I was at uh, the Anaheim Wizard Comic Con mm-hmm. doing just that. Because uh, what a lot of people from know me from my music side, they may also not know that um, I'm a voice actor. I've been in over 40 productions of... I had no idea. I of, the yeah. yeah. Um, from Avatar The Last Airbender to World of Warcraft to um, uh, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman. I've been on a lot of different um, productions. Yeah. So, you know, it, and next thing you know, it's something I was kind of doing on the side yeah. as a musician, Next thing you know, eight years later, I've been in all these, you know, uh, Resident Evil 5, uh, Super Street Fighter 4, you know, all of a sudden, like, you, you've done all these iconic things, and yeah. it's really, really cool. So, so um, when I'm at conventions, sometimes that's, I'm mo- known more for that than I am on the music side. The music side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he asked you to join us, and you were oh, more yeah, than willing to. I loved it. Um, and the way I met everyone was uh, Greg Aronowitz directed me as an actor in one of the I've 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 been in a few on camera films but he directed me in the movie Battle Planet uh knew my studio knew my uh music work and recommended that I work with Felicia for the game on is that how yeah as I was gonna say is that how you got yeah, I got yeah that's wow. how we got connected I, so I was recommended yeah yeah through Greg made me meet everybody which yeah. is awesome now what did you do for game on did you write the music for it yeah I co-wrote the the song with Felicia and a couple other uh, guys at my studio and Sandeep yeah. also um, and I produced the song Okay. Yeah. You know, I know you're in it also. You're one of the bad yeah, gangster guys. Yeah. I'm in the video, so yeah. that's fun. That is cool. And um, what else have you done? You've done more with Felicia, correct? You've done uh, Dragon Age. Right. I'm the I'm currently the music editor on Dragon Age Redemption. Yeah. So I'm working hand in hand with the composer, Peace Nistades, uh, almost every day. Just you know the working on the episodes and yeah. and you know making this i'm i'm really excited for the score i know yeah i yeah. know a lot of people are, can't wait for this whole yeah web series not, everything to come out they're not going to be disappointed <laughs> great now how's this experience been today working on oh, set it's been fun you know um and it's i'm playing myself yeah so that's kind of fun <laughs> and I, i'm sitting next to grant inahara and i'm a huge mythbusters fan so just you know sh- shooting it with yeah. him and yeah. you know so yeah that's a lot of fun awesome uh, is there a place that someone can go a website that they can go um yeah jasoncharlesmiller.com great well I appreciate you stopping by and chatting with me yeah thank you hey guys I'm here with Kim Evie we're discussing episode four and I'm not snoring that's Greg Aronowitz's dog yes we're in Greg Aronowitz we're in the barnyard actually and uh, Greg is in the background there say hi Greg it's his dog art. It's his dog art, yeah. He's enjoying a belly rub right now. Um, 
So, uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, we just got done watching episode four. And it's kind of moving the story along. Wow. Yeah. Big stuff. Yeah. Big cameos. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. The first thing that I was thinking about watching it was like, oh, yeah, we were in two separate hotels yeah. for this episode. We were in Pasadena for the autograph area, and then we were in Valencia for all the rest of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. And it blends so well together. Yeah. You'd never you'd, know. You'd never, yeah. You'd never know. Um, so let's first talk about getting the cameos, the celebrity cameos. Okay. How... Who, how did that all come about? How did it all come about? Because right in this episode, we have Grant mm-hmm. from Mythbusters. Mm-hmm. We have Brent Spiner, mm-hmm. who's obviously from Star Trek Next Generation, among mm-hmm. other things. We have... Um, Fred Grant. Yeah. And Jason Charles Miller. That's right. And there are probably other, there are other people that you can't see. So you can't, yeah, they're not, they're, yeah, you just um, can't see... They're in blurry background. Yeah, Tom Link, I think, is in the He background. is, yeah. He's a, little, he's a little further down. Yeah. So, um, Felicia knew Tom from Buffy, and um, Jason Charles Miller is a, uh, a singer-songwriter, band leader of Godhead, and... Uh, he's doing a single thing now. He's opening for Toby Keith. Yes. He's he, huge. Yes. A big country, he's a big country he's person. Moved into country. Yeah, which is awesome. Know. I know it's crazy. He's yeah. playing tonight, but I couldn't go see him. I know I got his invite too. I know, and um, and I met him through Greg Aronowitz, and he actually uh, did the music for Game On. That's right. He helped with Game On. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he's in it too. Yes, he's one of the thugs. Yes, he is. <laughs> and you can't recognize him now because he's wearing a hat. Yes. In this. But, yes. Um, and then um, I think I met. Brea through Greg also. She yeah. was in the um, Christmas uh, parody uh, commercial. With Tink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Playing the mom. And um, I think Grant, I just met uh, a year ago at Comic-Con, like, drunkenly dancing. He was drunk. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, and then he was like, uh, he knew about the guild, but he hadn't seen it, so I gave him DVDs, and then he watched them, and he was like, oh my god, yeah. and he became a fan, and he's so nice, and so I just said, you wouldn't by chance <laughs> want to come out here, and it just so happened that I think that weekend was Mother's Day, and he was coming out anyway to see his mom, yeah. so so he was able to do it, which was cool. That was great. And How did um, you guys get Brent? Um, Felicia knew him, I think, through the convention circuit, Okay. so yeah, so she, she did that one. Yeah. Very cool. It's the story of all those guys. But it, yeah, it was really, um, uh, it's a long day, and they were all very, very sweet to come and, yeah. you know, hang out. And, and some stayed the entire time. day with us. Yeah, yeah. Like Bria and, yeah. and um, Jason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they were there the entire yeah. day. Yeah. But even, you know, I mean, Everybody was there for oh they were there yeah a few hours I mean oh, at I, least. I believe through lunch yeah if I recall correctly yeah. so and you know it was really fun actually it was like kind of this crazy weird circusy environment because the the autograph room that you guys can see um, you know that's where we were shooting but just right next to that like you know there was just a doorway where right actually behind can, the screen you can actually see it yeah you can see through it and there's a yeah. there's a sign set up and behind that was the whole dressing room area yep. and craft services and it was just kind of fun because yeah. people were just like hanging out together and talking and you know I think it's I think you know um, I was going to say something that was going to spoil so I'm not going to do can't that. do that <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers yeah but it was a really uh, fun time yeah yeah. 
Very cool. And we have more extras. Again. Yes, a lot of extras. Not as many too. as the Long Beach one, but... No, but we There were about 40? Yeah, yeah, about 40, 50 of them. Yeah, so, and um, they were all in super good spirits, and we... That's right, we had to get it. We got an extra room for them yep. to hang out in, too, and yep. um, a lot of people dressed up, and... Yeah. Um, just a very exciting day, you know, and I think it was really cool for them as well to be able to see not only some of the cast members, but some of the celebrity Oh, yeah. Cameos. They were privileged to... Yeah. So, the, the cameos. Yeah. Yeah, which was great. That's got to be cool when yeah. you go and, you, you know, you don't know that you're going to see some of your... Yeah, because they, they're just fans. They yeah. just were happy to see the Guild cast, and then all of a yeah. sudden they're getting six or seven other, you know, famous yeah. people. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because you're just an extra and then suddenly... And they're interacting with them. Yeah, exactly. It's like, know? hey, guess you get to, like, stand here and yeah. ask Brent Spiner for yeah. the autograph, like, over and over and over <laughs> yeah. again for these takes. Like, yeah. that's got to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> so... And um, we also had another cameo uh, in the web world, uh, Wilson Cleveland. Wilson Cleveland, too, actually. Wilson and Mark Gant. That's right. So, yeah, he's at the end of this uh, episode. Yes. Um, I love that Wilson... Wilson came out, and he also... I don't know if I told you this before. He gave us the luggage, the Tink's spotted luggage. Oh, the, yeah, the pink stuff. Yeah, because, you know, Wilson is a, a, a web series producer, and he's done so many projects and so there are things like you know i was like do you have a connection to luggage because we need this and he bless his heart i think he bought that luggage he was oh. like i have a connection and i'll do it but then i think he just bought it for us <laughs> because he's awesome like yeah. that so and in fact i'm gonna steal tink's suitcase it's here somewhere in the barnyard <laughs> and i'm gonna take it i'm gonna use it because my suitcase is covered with duct tape it's a black suitcase that has duct tape on it so i can identify when it comes out of the chute and this looks awful because it's duct tape that's been on there now for like six years. So yeah. It's just, you need so, some new ones. Yeah, so I'm going to steal Tink's luggage and use it as my own. Nice. Now, how did Thank you, you get Wilson. Wilson and Mark? Um, we Friends of Felicia? Did you approach them and ask them? I think Wilson... Um, I think... Felicia worked with him. Yes. Because then he worked on... He did he, the Trident. He produced the Trident thing. That's right. And then and Felicia at was South by Southwest this year was the first time that I met him in person. And um, I think he maybe even jokingly said, like, you know, if there's a role for me, and we were like, well, actually, (laughs) you know, this season is a big season, so I think there might be. And then Mark, oddly, it was funny because the breakdowns went out on, you know, um, whatever they're called, breakdown services, and, you know, a lot of actors check it. And so Mark had seen our call for, you know, like, um, Haley's role, you know, for the 22-year-old, and so he... You know, like jokingly sent us an email of like, "Hey, do you, you know, I can, I think he's like, you know, I can be young and perky, yeah, or whatever, yeah. whatever." And we were like, "Well, you know, the funny thing is, <laughs> we actually do have a role for you if you don't mind being sleazy." That's great. <laughs> so, so he came to you guys. That's that's kind of neat. That's... Well, you know, but the funny thing was with Mark, we had actually been thinking about him anyway, and yeah. we just hadn't sort of gotten to that point yet because oh, you know me. Haley was in the first. Uh, episode, yeah. so we needed, you know, we had the cast quick call, but yeah, so we, but we sort of hadn't gotten down to the other people yet. Um, so, but he was somebody that I had been thinking would be really, really good in that role. And he just happened to want to do it too. I know he's That's so, so cool. he's such a good actor. Yeah, just you know, and Wilson too. It's just it's it's fun to be able to watch your friends in there, and you know. Yeah, but, it just makes it extra special. Yeah. But Mark is just so, I love, and the little, you know, I don't know whose idea it was that he took the money at the end, you yeah, know. That but was that's... great. That was probably his. I don't know. Yeah, I'm right. sure. I think it was his idea. 
Yeah, yeah it, it was, sounds like something he would just ad lib. Yeah, it was pretty damn funny. Yeah. So and uh, yeah, but there's a lot of moments that just make me laugh out loud in yeah. this episode, and uh, it's one of my favorite well, lines of the uh, the whatever of you know. Uh, what does she say? Fishing and or golf or something or I don't know. Uh, in the web, in the in the monologue. Oh, in the monologue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very uninteresting way of talking about this. It's late, and I know that I have lots of work ahead of me, so my brain is not working so well. Um, all right, let's move on to another scene. We have uh, the Battle of the Slaybleas with Rylea. Yes. With, yes. Our teen unicorn. Yes, and um, I hope this makes it on the DVD, too, because we sort of did a bait and switch with Rylea. She talks about in her interview. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I encouraged her to because I knew that she was really upset about it. And yeah. then I felt horrible because basically, you know, we said, hey, do you want to come and do this and be this Leia? And then I can't remember how it came about. But basically, it, I guess it's just because she said, I have my own yeah. homemade outfit. And we realized that the joke of it was that Tink's outfit was supposed to be way better than hers. But it was going to be really obvious yeah. that the costume that Amy was wearing was going to be sort of an out of the package one and that Riley's would be actually much nicer yeah. so we asked her to switch and she was not happy <laughs> she, she did it though she did she, I mean she, she was such a good sport but yeah. I mean you know she was just really heartbroken she's very proud of that well that that's outfit. the thing is like she's that's made her, it I mean that yeah, was hers exactly like yeah. that's her thing it's like custom so, fit and, yeah so it's yeah. like you know it's like somebody being like hey do you want to come and like that car that you built from scratch yeah. and you can drive oh, oh no actually you can't drive your own car we're gonna put the star in the car and then you just have to like be in this old yeah. bigger car yeah yeah <laughs> Even though you totally, yeah, I mean, so I'm really. But it's a great glad. scene. It's very memorable and it's very funny. Yes, and I'm just glad that she ended up doing it because you know she's. You guys probably all know this, but she's, um, you know, one of the Team Unicorn Girls, and their thing. I mean, they do a lot. They game and but they also cosplay, and yeah. that is their deal. So yeah. you know, to ask her to wear a second-rate Leah suit is just like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not very cool of us, but she was very cool to do. It. And honestly, you really can't so. tell that bad on camera. I know, you know. Now the you look, look at it, you do I'm look at like, it, and you're like, oh, they both kind of, they're both nice looking. Yeah, right? I wouldn't, you wouldn't really, unless you're a real hardcore cosplayer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, then you notice like the, the, you know, like the detail around yeah. the collar, and I mean, there is a lot going on in her outfit, but it's it goes by so quickly that. Yeah. You know, it, You're more it kind of, laughing at the joke and laughing at yes. the... Yes. It reminds me of in season one how Felicia obsessed over this pink purse that, that Tink has to be like, you know, I wanted the mauve one, and then she throws it over her shoulder, and That's Felicia was two. like... Oh, you're right, it's season two. And that was she, there, I remember that one. Yes, and um, yeah. Felicia got obsessed nerd. with finding this purse. <laughs> what? She called me oh. a nerd. Oh, okay. <laughs> um... Because the the line indicates that the purse had to be really, really expensive. Yeah. And so Felicia was like, we can't use this Target purse. It's going to be so obvious that it's from Target. And she actually, like, she had 75 million things to do. <laughs> but instead she drove to the Beverly Center and got a pink purse that was really expensive and then mm-hmm. returned it. And, and, of course, on camera, it's I like, remember because we couldn't toss it hard because we didn't want to damage it. Yeah. Because we knew we were going to be returning it. Yeah. And it's one of those over. things that, like, you know, you think that that matters. And we thought it mattered with the Leah suit. And then it turns out on camera that yeah. it didn't really matter. Yeah. So yeah. we learned our lesson. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was a great scene. Those two are just great. Clara and Tink. Oh, my They're God. They're hilarious. Yes. I love Clara's clarity of when she has her smart moment. 
And I, I love, love that Andy Andy's brings it out. Reaction uh, yeah. to it, which actually I just noticed <laughs> rewatching it now, like how funny that reaction is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, everybody gets their moments in every season to shine. Yeah. But man, I mean, uh, Robin with this whole steampunk stuff is high hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Just her, definitely, yeah. definitely. And speaking um, of steampunk, we have. Yes, Marissa. Marissa. Mar- Marissa. How do you say I'm, her last name? Tancharoan. Tancharoan. Yeah. It's cool. funny because if you look at it and you sound it out, it's like, oh, yeah, it is Tancharoan. Yeah. But for, for, for years, I called her Marissa Tancharoan. <laughs> it just looks complicated, but you're right. If yeah. you slowly say it, Tancharoan. Yeah. Yeah. I get to interview her next week. I'm very excited to see her. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. I'm actually get to go to her house. Oh, and, good. Yeah. And hang good, out with her. And, and, yeah. I mean, oh, my God. Talk about adorable. First of all, Felicia, ugh. I'm sure she talked about this, how she, after she saw the stills of <laughs> uh, Marissa, she was just like, why didn't I write myself yes, this role? Which she oh. hasn't talked about because she's not in this episode. But oh. I do remember hearing that. I think Sean mentioned that. She mentioned that, too. Yeah. She why didn't she totally write her character into the steampunk? The steampunk outfits yes. Because yeah. Donna at Clockwork Couture did an incredible job. So yeah. amazing. Especially Mo. I mean, Mo was just gorgeous. Oh, I know. And it was, I mean, oh, maybe we can put in, like, on the DVD, like, as a bonus, like, the the pictures of like the alt outfits that she was that in. would be cool or just post them on Flickr even because yeah. they were so cute and we were just like how do we decide <laughs> <laughs> now, how did you guys decide you know? on that one um I think it was more in um gosh I don't even remember now because I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly what the other ones were but I, I know that they had to get kind of more and more intricate and so I think this one was kind of more like of a basic mm. Victorian you know yeah. just kind of a yeah, like a, a basic proper cut, but yeah. oh my god! But she, she just portrays the character so well. I know. I mean, the outfit helps, and the steampunk booth is gorgeous. Yes, yes. But it's just the way she's snobby and snooty, and and so just like, yes. yeah, I don't really know. You know, what was that a direction? Should... Yeah. So was that a direction? I don't know. That's or was a that just kind of because? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have know. asked him that. Yeah, because it just came out. I mean, she just like. She knew exactly who she was, you know, I, it yeah. seemed like. But, yeah. Oh, my God. That, so good. So funny. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. The steampunk booth is amazing. And that's all thanks to Greg Aronowitz. And to the guys whose names I keep. Sean Strider. Sean Strider. That's right. Sean Strider. And, um, uh, yeah, he and his... His boys do the Labyrinth of Jareth, which I didn't get to go to this That's year, right. but... Um, I'm hoping to go next year. Yeah, some I, people went, and they said it was... I just need to get my costume in order, and... That's actually why yeah. I didn't That's go. That's why I didn't go, yeah. Yeah, because I... But I heard you can just go with a mask, and, you know... I know, but I'm like, I want to go, I'm going to go all out. Well, and here, because the thing is, I felt so stupid, because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to wear. And then Brian Kamioka went, and he was like, oh, I just went to Donna, and she outfitted me, and I was like, duh. Oh, yeah. I that totally missed my chance <laughs> to be, like, adorable steampunky. Mm. Yeah. But I really was fretting over the, um... Actually, that was what Boo Boo, he was like, wow, you're, you're fretting over this. I was like, I am fretting. <laughs> yes, that's a very good verb. I'm fretting. Yeah. So I just yeah. didn't go. Um, but they had so many things. I don't even know if you can, like, you should freeze frame and just kind of look at all this stuff in the booth, and I don't it's even so know. It's so detailed. Yeah. That's what I love about Greg and his work, is that he'll put that time into those little things and you never see them 
Yeah. Never see him on camera. Yeah. Right here. See him if you look. That's why I'm I'm, oh, I'm giving you compliments now. Yeah. Except he's the thing about Greg though is he's really talented, but he smells really weird. <laughs> so. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm right here. Oh, I I missed the cue. That's right. <laughs> you missed the cue. I'll cut around it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He smells like flowers. He smells like flowers and chocolate. Uh huh. Um, and dogs. <laughs> Actually, no, that's me. I smell like his dog who's been licking both of them. Oh, yeah, Kenny. yeah. Um, um, are we talking about here? No, I guess that's about it for the... Uh, well, I mean, we have the whole uh, Zabu and Codex relationship. And that, that's one thing yes. I like about this, that storyline, is that you didn't drag it out all 12 episodes. You actually, fourth episode, she's going for it. Yeah. And he denies her. I so know. So it's not like you, you keep, you know, building and building and building until like 11 and 12 where they yeah. do it and they don't work out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I just think it's great. I mean, there's just so much going on in this relationship and I, isn't it weird to think that, well, first of all, it's weird to think that in the timeline, like what's supposed to be happening with the guild is this is all happening within the span within of like, a, the, you know. Yeah, a few months. Know, a few months. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, the babies are growing up and, you know, we've all been yeah. with the show for, for four years now and yeah. so it does feel like, you know, like in TV land, like the whole Sam and Diane and, yeah. you know, are they or aren't they? And, yeah. But it's only really been a short amount of time. It has been. But I do I do love how she wrote it, you know. I love that he's so like he's just like his brain explodes, but then he it's just so out of the blue for him. It's yeah. just like I, I, I worked past this yeah. for you. You wanted me to. Yeah. Sorry so I did and it's just like I love you know. his character. Yeah, and He's I love... He's grown so much. Yeah, and I love... Because we've all been there. We've all been in those relationships with friends where you kind of think, like, there maybe was something in the beginning, and then you're like, I feel like we kind of, like, went past, went past it. Like, you yeah, know, missed the opportunity. And... Yeah, and it's very true to life. So, yeah. you know... So, and, and I look forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, me too. You know. Well, I know, but... I know too, but we but can't you tell you guys. Do. Yeah, but I just love, you know... Don't spoil it. <laughs> Yeah, Codex, this, I mean, God, everybody, I, it's like, I feel like every time I, like, compliment somebody, I'm not complimenting other people, <laughs> but um, everybody's doing an amazing job, but Felicia, you know, with, uh, I don't know, just the, the vulnerability and, you know, like, I swear to God, this sounds so stupid, but, like, this is why, this season shows why she's a star, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it sounds really cheesy, but it's true, um, you know, she's just so deft at handling like, you know, this sort of deep emotion, but putting this funny spin on mm -hmm. it, but still making you care deeply. And, like, you've watched, like, five emotions go across your face in, like, a split second. Yeah. And it's just, you know. That's one thing I really noticed this season more than any is her facial expression. Yeah. She's really, I mean, she's very expressive. I love when she's getting screamed at by Floyd in the last episode. <laughs> yes. And her, she's, I'm like. Yeah, her eyes. And, and she was doing it when Zebu and her were talking, you can just yeah. see the emotion in her face. Yeah. And it's. And just, it's just so, it's so good. Yeah. And her trying to like, oh, come on. It's yeah. Like, you know. Well, she's a horrible something? flirt. Yeah. Yeah. She's so awkward. She's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. But so vulnerable too. And then just the, like having the furry in there. Oh, in yes. Isn't that great? It's so perfect. <laughs> Like, what? Oh, and this is my favorite thing in the script when I read. Like, the furries stand... She actually wrote in the script, the furries drinking boba. Why boba? I don't I mean... know. <laughs> I don't know. So. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Well, I think that's it for episode four. Thanks for joining me. Thank you.
Well, that's going to do it for episode four of season five. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please come back next week for episode five. But until then, always remember. I love booth hopping and everyone takes charge cards. We spent more money on these bracelets than we'll ever earn on these t-shirts and still no one will help us sell our stuff. Sure, it's skin well, it really doesn't make sense for these vendors to cut in a middleman tank. Narrow profit margin barely covers their booth rental and travel cost. So they'd have to charge 90% of our wholesale to justify a partnership. <gasps> Shiny! Wait, I sounded smart for a minute. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about... Well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House. And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast Forward. And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077 podcast. And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because... We're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts. Yep, like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows. Like Lost? Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written. And we'll even have episodes contributed by others who have something to share but just don't want to start their own podcast. You never know what you'll find on this show. Why? Just because. Visit us at because.podbean.com and in iTunes. television themes of all time. Tuning into sci-fi tv.com. Copyright info, Knights of the Guild has Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivative works 3.0, United States license, all rights. <laughs> <laughs>